Hello, everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic. How is everyone doing on this beautiful Thursday? Welcome back to the channel, and welcome to episode 451. Oh, that phone is getting close, Zane. Oh, that phone's close. Oh, <laughs> okay. I, I want to like all the way over there. there. <laughs> oh, it's, still, it's still happening, so it must be something else. Anyway, so <laughs> welcome back. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But welcome back, everybody, to while you yeah. figure it out, just yeah, I'm gonna mute, mute, not mute while you're talking. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I got it. I got it. I have issues. <laughs> All right, so welcome back to the channel at episode 451 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast, where today we'll have our Chosen of Valhalla live stream, and I am joined by a full panel of Chosen today, and thank you all, as always, for, for joining. Before you get further, though, make sure you smash the like button, like the fire button, obviously smash the rumble button as well, and let's say hello to our Chosen, starting first off with Rosetta Allen, the Eagle Rider. Rosetta, how's it going? Well, it's been a very very crazy month there's negative stuff going on with athena's medical being terminal and but i got the two new kitties and overall i'm i'm working and i'll be home mm -hmm. hopefully here not too long so that's the big thing okay very very cool glad to have you here we also have mr roy in the chat what's going on mr roy hi <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Thank, Roy. Thank, thank you for matching my my level there. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I know. I had to, I was checking. I was like, maybe, maybe his audio is a little bit better, but then it just started buzzing again. <laughs> but Mr. Roy, uh, how you been, man? I've been doing great. Um, I got promoted at work. I started a new job. Um, had to move. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Pretty wore out. <laughs> nice. Everything's been going pretty well so far, though. Yeah, this is going great. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If I sound worn out, I apologize. I just get back from Dallas, so I'm wore out. Oh, no. Oh. How long of a drive was that? Uh, about five and a half hours. Ooh. Ooh. That's right. That's nothing in Texas. <laughs> yes, this is true. This is true. As, as someone who has made oh. the travel from Tennessee to Dallas, I, I know how Ugh. long Texas is. Oh, <laughs> Where I live at, there's no the the only way to get there by interstate is to go to Houston and go up 45. So the most convenient way to get up there is to drop the north highways, and mm -hmm. you have to go through all these little bitty towns. And it's oh my gosh, yeah, it's a pain wow. to get up to Dallas. Wow. Well, thank you for jumping on with us today, even even though you are clearly tired and exhausted. <laughs> I'm glad we we're able to make that work out. So thank you for being here. Also, we have today someone new to The Chosen, and he is live, and let's hope that maybe the audio is is, is fixed a little bit. We have uh, Zane Waters. Can you, hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's uh, nice and bright and early here. So nice. I'm, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, so far the audio it sounds it sounds just fine. So okay, good. I, I like unplugged all the extras on the side of my laptop to make sure it's not like interfering. So many wireless things going on. <laughs> well, if anything happens again, this again for anybody else too. I'll I'll try and hit the mute and then let y'all know uh, that something came up. So that way, so that way you're like, wait, why am I muted? What's going on? I'll be sure. I'll be sure to let y'all know. But. Uh, Zane's been a follower of the channel for years. We were just talking before 
the stream almost like four or five years. And so it's awesome to finally be able to, to talk to you. Yeah. Good to be on. Good to see everyone. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And of course, we are once again joined by the amazing Tina B. Tina, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um, we're going to have another hot day. It's going to be mm-hmm. in the mid-90s today. Mm-hmm. But the sun is out at least. And yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I saw my general practitioner on Monday. So she's taking me off of one of my prescriptions. And um, my blood pressure is back down to normal levels. And my test came through okay. So I'm, I'm doing all right. I have my up and down days. You know. uh, it's nice to see you all, as, even though you're fuzzy. But <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to see everybody. And I'm sorry. Who or what is that in the lower right-hand corner? Uh, that is Baby Girl Willow. Hello, Willow. Okay, I can see. I thought I could see a blue blanket, and I was like, I don't know what's under the blanket. <laughs> I apologize to everybody again for my vision. Um, the retinal specialist, though, when I saw him, he was really surprised. He said, I think your vision might have improved some. Nice. So I'm very thankful for that, but that comes from listening to visual apps on YouTube and also the brain uh, apps. And I've been listening to apps uh, to help with people after they've had strokes. So I'm hoping maybe everything in addition to all the prayer, it will help me improve. So, yeah. So I'm glad to see, well, quote unquote, see you all. I'm doing air quotes. So. (laughs) Well, we're glad to hear from you, uh, as always, and so happy to hear that you're on the mend and vision, vision getting better. It's always gl- it's especially good to always hear getting off of certain medications because yes. that is the, one of the best telltale signs of, you know, improvement. And, yes, because uh, they she took me. She talked to my neurosurgeon. She took me off the Plavix after he said, "Yeah, that didn't have to be long term." And there's still a few that I um, about two, I think. Uh, more that I have to take, but other than that, yeah, little by little, I've been coming off of them. Okay, that's awesome. That is Thank awesome. You. Thank glad. you. I'm glad being here. And <laughs> to all the chosen who are here, also, and shout out to Laura. She's at work right now. She was um, going to try to try to jump on, make it work. She, who knows, maybe she'll jump on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never, you never know what can happen. Uh, so hopefully, uh, if she can jump on, that'd be great. And then also, I know the K Man as well has been having some internet issues, so he might be jumping on in a little bit, too. Uh, but in the chat, we have Father Luca in the chat. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he is saying how he forgot. He forgot all about the Chosen stream. They sort of forgot. <laughs> I sort of forgot. I know. That's a, that's a Hollywood executive move right there, a la Game of Thrones. Uh, and as he says, I completely oh. forgot about today. I was doing the last preparations for a talk at a conference he's doing next week. Well, hey. Good luck to you, Father, oh, on that. Right. And he also wanted to let us know that he was not able to celebrate Mass today. It's afternoon right now in Croatia, so he's going to celebrate Mass for us. So thank you very much, Father. I appreciate that, and thank you so much for those prayers. Uh, we got Keely Chow in the chat as well. Hail, Keely. Ambrose Chamberpot, what's going on? He tagged to say, hello from the Mojo Dojo Casa House. <laughs> I will say, the best thing, and this is the reason why the movie sucks, 
the best thing really about Barbie, as far as like any narrative stuff, are the memes coming from it. Meme culture in general tends to be pretty good at like turning really bad things into really mm-hmm. funny things. Um, so at the very least, yes, that that <laughs> the Mojo Dojo Casa House. I love it. Uh, let's see. Father Luke was saying it was a great concert. Talking about the the, the, the earlier sound issues there. Uh, <laughs> JS Pena, what's going on? <laughs> Welcome back, Randy Hakuri. What is going on? Uh, the UFO news. I guess I guess we'll we'll talk about that maybe oh, yes. a little bit today because uh, I'm Crazy. sure that some people have been hearing about it. Miss yes. um, <laughs> Minnesota Hockey fan, how about a hockey player? What is going on? Welcome back into the chat. Prayer hands going out towards Tina coming from Keeley. Thank you. And Hannibal Grimm coming in here doing his fussy, fussy, fussy. Yes. Love that. And then there is Laura saying good morning. Good morning, Laura. Good morning, Welcome Laura. back. And Father Luca wants to say he's getting old and forgetting stuff. No excuses. <laughs> no excuses, Father. All right. So as you all know, yeah. the chosen stream... <laughs> the chosen stream is where I try to focus a little bit more time and attention on my chosen members. So if you are wondering why I'm not able to respond to comments in the chat as often, that is the reason why. Shout out to King Kane Rumshki hanging out over on Rumble. Uh, but just so you all know, that is the way it works. Before going into individuals, uh, as far as what they've been watching or anything that they really want to talk about, it's kind of an open forum for the chosen members. Um, uh, anyone, I mentioned this in the chat, but uh, Zane was the only one who responded. Thank you, Zane. Uh, does anyone have any uh, time constraints today? I shouldn't. I mean, it just depends okay. on if I get tired, I'll just close my eyes sitting here and I'll be listening. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And even though my dog is infinitely cuter, Rosetta does have some very cute kitties right Biased. Kitty. Look at the cute kitty. He's not even a year old yet. Look at those eyes. Oh. <laughs> so cute. He's like, I'm the black cat. I'm getting attention. Cat. I'm getting attention. I'm getting attention. But I mean, nothing is nothing's as cute as this little girl right here. Look at that. Aww. She's just in a little ball. She's just so cute. Well, I, did, I see fuzz, but cute fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> There's something there. Something's there, yeah. Always, it will always be a bias, you know, which animals you're closest to, which ones you actually have. <laughs> that said, actually, I'll take, I'll say both are not as cute as putting them up against things like red pandas and stuff. So there you go. Yes, yes, Aww. I think I could, I think I could agree with that because red pandas are adorable. <laughs> I had a student one year who, when we we're talking about like jobs and occupations, he, in all seriousness, asked. What do I need to do to become a, a red panda trainer? Because <laughs> wow. he just loved red pandas so much. And he was just like, I want to do work with red pandas. I don't know what to do with that. I'm like, well, I don't know. I can't help you. <laughs> I was Wildlife both- management and go to China. I know. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, you got to work with, because zoos are not what they used to be. I realized back, even when I was a kid, most of them were pretty bad still. Most of them now are fighting for accrediting. They're working on repopulating species. They're much better housing and stuff like that. And as long as you're going to the accredited zoos, going to them actually helps pay for helping preserve the species that are being killed off by poachers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I go to the zoos and stuff. I was going through the pictures from the last few years. I have um, almost 200 print quality pictures of red pandas over the last few years. Nice. So I'm going to have so much fun with that. I love it. <laughs> and he's looking at me like, but I'm cuter. 
Pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Catch a cute kitty. Uh, so, Rosetta, what have you been up to? Anything you want to talk about today? Uh, mostly dealing with this. Of course, do as much as I can with photography and stuff. I was supposed to have a big week with photos, but things happened with cars, things happened with medical, and none of it actually happened. So, that's going to have to be delayed for a couple months. So. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, keeping up with the YouTube channel. Uh, not quite as much the last couple of weeks just because of how busy I am. I tried to post some, though. Okay. There's, you can see, putting some stuff up with the new kitties and how they are acclimating. Aww, little kitties. Oh! <laughs> this is the weirdest. This is the weirdest. Yes. Watch her go up this chair. This is the weirdest thing. Cats usually just jump up them. Look at this little thing she does here where she's like, you know instead of jumping it kind of reminds me of when river was really little because you know it's a it's like we always in our heads think oh you know they can always jump and do this stuff and it's like no that's a skill that they you know learn over time and it was funny because river would just put her head on the sofa and then would kind of do something similar where she's like i don't know what to do i don't know how to get up where you are but i need to get up where you are (laughs) she does jump and climb because she was in the shelter for months where they had her was a giant cat studio with the climbing stuff and she jumps up and climbs on everything in the house she's not supposed to but chair she like crawls up the side of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) crazy thing and ornery does not do nice look at the look she's giving you yeah she's like you're in my space Oh, well, it's kind of funny because, like, cats, you can kind of drop two from your arms, but like a dog, you have to like set down because they don't. Yes. There are some limitations yes. in how they they actually jump. <laughs> I just saw a comic on that the other day. They're like, they go to go put their animal down, but they thought it was they'd forgotten it was a dog and not a cat, so they just like open their arms, <gasps> oh, like, no. wait, it's a dog. Oh. <laughs> it like, drops straight down. Especially cats, you just kind of like jump, you know, out of your arms. But dogs, they just like. Ah! <laughs> well, especially when there's those dogs that act like cats, like they like yes. they will like if you hold them, they'll they'll be held almost like a cat. But then also like there's dogs that will jump. Like I know that River has done that sometimes. She's a medium sized dog, and so like I'd be holding her, and she'd be like, "I don't want this. I don't like this." And then she would <laughs> jump out of my arms, and I'd be like, "No, <laughs> you can't do that." <laughs> Look at that cute he he kind of latched onto me so much, and he just yeah. latched on me. He didn't hardly do anything but cling to me for the first week. And now he's starting to explore a little bit and not be as skittish. Yeah. But the first week he just clung to me for hours yeah. and hours and hours. And she is a troublemaker. She's got devious yeah. side. <laughs> She's like, Rubby, 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 Rubby. Are, oh, are, are, oh. They, are they reminding you of any other cats that you've had? Yeah. Um, she, oh, first of all, that fluffy tail. Yeah. Like, well, she's actually, I would say, almost like you world Jazzy and a cat we had a long time ago, Sarah, who was the mother of the first Jazzy we had mm-hmm. together. And he is just really, like, hyper-affectionate, docile, which basically matches pretty much every black cat we've ever had, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sleepy kitty. Oh, like, what are you doing? I was asleep. Wait, wait, wait. Give me attention. Maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> oh, a little ornery. 
so cute. And that <laughs> is Athena. That is the one we are losing. Aww. And that was her in the window Aww. at home right before we came over here. Uh, yeah, she's final stages of cancer, so her throat's oh, no. got all kinds of lumps right now. And you can even see some of it there before it got as big. No. See how much I did. She is, um, as of yet, she's not that uncomfortable. She's just crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very cool. She's happy. And yeah. then there's pretty, pretty hot and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. Very nice. He is one that Hercules is a hockey that they have at Raptor Research Project. Mm -hmm. Close-ups uh, pictures of him sometimes get to me because he was attacked by poachers and stuff and he's missing his eye and it's scarred back and right here. That's why he looks like almost like he's wearing a mask on one side. Mm -hmm. He has no eye there and he's actually got scar tissue from really out all the way back. But they take care of him, and he's happy, and he's friendly. So, <laughs> I saw this one in Amelia. I was like, I have to, I have to pull this one up. Yeah, prairie dogs are prairie cute dogs little are rodents, fun. aren't they? <laughs> oh, so cute! My my favorites when they sit up, sit up on their butts, though. It's just such a funny <laughs> thing. Like they're just like, oh. <laughs> It is funny, though, because I didn't know that they could, like, wag their tails. <laughs> That's a curious little one. Hi. <laughs> it also reminds me of that video from back in the day. Alan! Alan! Alan. The one that I uh, <laughs> always use for, for your last name. <laughs> That's where that comes from. For those that are wondering why I always say Rosetta, Alan! It comes from that video. Alan! Alan! <laughs> This one is actually recorded um, only actually a few miles from where it was recorded. Oh. So this tells, oh, gives adorable. you a clue what kind of upbringing oh. I had. This stuff is all dear where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, those are awesome. Wow. I think my favorite video I actually got recently was the one I got of the um, fledgling age eaglet testing his wings up in the tree. Was Let's, that... I think I posted that recently. Okay. Let me see. I'll let you know if it's in there to dig back too easy. And is it like just titled Fledgling? Let me see here. Go back, go back. Um, I'm sure I have it. Oh. I can run in water. Oh, do you hear running water? Yeah, it sounds like running water. I don't know. <laughs> I know I hear like a, a background like air conditioner, but I mean that might it's not, be that yeah. might be it. The, okay, the fans, it's really hot over here recently. Yeah, so, yeah. here yeah. too. Um, it's pretty I, much I hot everywhere. Say, me. Yeah, it wasn't you. It wasn't you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Once it wasn't me. I didn't it's not you this time. Put, I didn't get it put all the way up yet. I got it saved because I was trying to deal with stuff and get going. Oh, okay, okay. So I'll have to that. But also, there's um, if you look at the recent videos, there's one crash down there, which is uh, a few back about a month ago. You said crash? Crash down, if you scroll back from there. It's just past where I posted the sound removed fireworks for people with pets. 
Oh. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. I see. Which I, I, yeah, I posted several videos of fireworks where I removed the sound so people with pets could watch fireworks. Aww. But that's actually an adolescent badger. Watch this. Um, that's mm. actually on top of the prey dog hole and badger. Badger. Fell through. <laughs> it looks like. <laughs> it fell in the prey dog hole. Oh! <laughs> I'm sorry. I found that funny. I found that funny. It is funny. <laughs> He's like, all right, all right. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> of course, then you know the badger only just makes me think of the the old song: Badger, 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 badger. <laughs> mushroom, mushroom. <laughs> Right, that there's nothing meaner than a one-eyed badger. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't heard that. No, this is an old saying in the woods. It's been used in different parts of the country, but it's a rural thing. Um, so this is an old phrase. And then a few years ago, and same basic place where I found that adolescent one, I actually took pictures of this one-eyed badger. He lost one of his eyes in a fight. And, I took pictures and stuff of him, found him multiple times for years, but he seems to have passed away this last year, which he would, he was quite old for a badger, really old. Mm-hmm. But right where we always found him, we found this one, and it's actually got some of the same weird markings that the old one I did, so I'm wondering if he's actually related to him. Okay. <laughs> so now I'm like, like I got, got a lesson one now. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> So been very busy. <laughs> any 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 updates on the Eagle Book or uh, the pinups or any of the other projects that you worked on? Well, in the little bit of time I got to stay home, I was working on trying to figure all that out. I have got to find a way to either replace my computer or rebuild some of the memory in it so I can actually finish the book because it's not mm-hmm. running the program at all now. It's oh no, pretty pathetic actually. Oh. <laughs> Other than that, I have gotten most of the stuff gathered together at the house to go through and try to start finishing up the pinups and stuff, but mm-hmm. then we had to deal with Athena, so I left kind of halfway through trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so getting there, but it's slow because family is like crazy life. <laughs> well, you know, as Vin Diesel always says, it's it's family. It's family. <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> You're welcome. <sighs> I think it's very profound when he talks about family because it's so to the point. It's family. family. (laughs) I think you enjoy making snarky, sarcastic comments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, Finn, we hardly knew you. Well, Rosetta, thank you for, for being here and being able to join us. And we'll, we'll come back around when we are getting to our, our promos. But was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back around around towards the end. Uh, Mr. Roy, what you been up to, man? Uh, not much. Okay. <laughs> always a man of few words. Always, I love it. Though. I love it. I love it. So new job's been going well? Yeah. Good. Good. Just really busy. Yeah. Um, it's been nice, though. I, um, I don't have to work as much days. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's still the same crazy schedule while working um, days and switching to nights. And oh. you have to do it about four times a month. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
So like you're working for a set period of time, the days shift, and then for a set period of time, not like long yeah, after you're working. You'll work like um, four nights and then rotate back to three days and then three nights and then rotate back to four days <laughs> within a 28-day set. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What's well, nice now, I'm not on call, so I don't oh, have to work. Oh, yeah. A set schedule. I don't have to work. I don't have to get called in all the time anymore. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Is like when you think because I, you know, to a lesser degree. But when I was working at AMC, we had on-call shifts. So the days where Ew. we didn't know, we didn't know if there was going to be a busy rush for a movie or anything, and so we would have, you know, on calls, and it would be like a one to nine shift, and it would be like basically you have to be available for essentially that period of time to be called in at any time. So you could get to like 3 p.m., not have been called in yet, and then they'll have figured out, oh, we actually need more people, so you're going to gotta come in for this part of your shift. It was awful. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, was like, do, I didn't um, want to be here. Yeah. We do 6 o'clock to 6 o'clock, so it's 12 hours. Oh, goodness. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, could no, do I like remember like, those days. Those were the days. Oh, oh my God. I worked at food and oh my goodness, yeah, there were days that were like 15-hour days, yep. and I was just in the heat. Oh, no. It was just, mm-hmm. it was so awful. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. God bless y'all. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, Mr. Roy, have you been able to, to watch some films? Yeah, I actually went to the movies. Yeah, <laughs> I saw the picture. You posted yeah. from the from the IMAX screen. The IMAX, yeah. Yeah, I seen Oppenheimer. It okay, was, uh, it, it was all right. Yeah, I do it, think your your take on it was was probably pretty spot on because I think would you say that it's correct to say that you think that the actual film itself, like the actual physical IMAX film, was better than the movie? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was actually really nice, though. They had a guy come out and um, talk on a microphone, describing, oh. like, yeah, because there's only, like, 20, I believe, 20 movie theaters in the United States that are showing it in 70mm mm. IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, they had, a fly, they had a fly guy out of Minnesota to run the projector, because apparently all these guys are retiring now. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. there's not a whole lot of people, or not, there's not a whole lot of theaters that, that can even do much with the film these days, so. Yeah, like, they had the, the 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 platter that they put the film on. They mm-hmm. had to make extensions because the film's so long. It's oh, like yeah. three miles long. Oh, so. no. oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, so, oh, that's that's funny. Yeah. There's no previews or nothing, so it was just straight up just watch the movie. <laughs> we don't have room for previews. I know, right? <laughs> I'm actually. It's, it's it's amazing you said that though because I was actually mad at my theater because when I went to go see it, there were no previews either. And so because I'm so used to that not being the case, because my theater didn't have the film, it was the digital version. So it's interesting. I wonder if all other theaters are having that same thing or if it was just the early showing that they needed to cut the trailers off of because they needed it to be a certain length to get it into the theater so many times. Yeah, the only thing I could think of would probably be the IMAX version that doesn't have mm-hmm. previews. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they, they want to get as many showings in that theater as they possibly can. Because the, the version, the digital version you're watching is a scan from the film. So yeah. I'm assuming that's probably why you don't have the, mm-hmm. the previews on it. Oh, yeah. I'd kind of be interested to, to fi- also find out how much, how big the file size is for it. Because you uh, think about what it's typical. Ginor- 
yeah, they yeah. told us that the the print itself is like seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> oh my goodness! <gasps> oh my yeah. gosh! Yeah, that that's why when when they were going around saying the film costs a hundred million dollars, I'm like, I don't believe that. I feel like the film stock and the cameras that specifically can use that film stock and then the operators that you need to actually know how to handle it would probably come at a price. Yeah. Uh, so so overall, though, the movie, you thought it, you thought it was okay? Yeah, it was okay. It's not... Yeah, there's so much... What do you call it? Artsy-fartsy stuff in the movie. You could cut oh, yeah. 30 minutes off this movie pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You really, really can. Oh, because yeah, the beginning... Yeah, the beginning, especially. Because I I just remember watching it, and because I got then, because I also got in a little late, it was even more jarring because it's already jumping around all over the place, and it feels like it's rushing when it's like, come on, Nolan, you got three hours to work with. There's no reason for you to be rushing any of this right now. (laughs) It's like, why are you (laughs) rushing if you have a three hour film already? Yeah, Um, he. He also uses the same film editor from Tenet. Um, believe her name is Jennifer Lane. Oh, maybe. Okay, you know what? I don't know her. That might be it, because if there's anything that his films have more recently had issues with, it has definitely been... Sound. Definitely yeah. <laughs> and looking at her filmography, oh boy. How, yeah. how was the sound, Mr. Roy? It was fine. Uh, it was a lot better than Tenet, I can tell you. Oh, <laughs> I was, yeah, because I had my TV hiked up to 99 with Tenet and still couldn't hear anything. Now, uh, got- they still they still do the thing where they mumble some of their lines and stuff. Other than that, I mean, it, sound, it sounded all right. It sounded okay. All right. Yeah. Whereas with Tenet, I had to go in with my, like, hyper-focus mode to be able to understand 95%, but I struggled to, to hear it. Like, I actually had to try to hear it. This movie, I could hear about 95% without having to try. So there yeah. were still some moments that you couldn't yeah. hear all that well. But for the most part, because it's a nonlinear story, that's the more confusing part versus yeah. not being that's able to That's what I keep hearing. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I hate it when they when they don't like have it clearly lit or the sound mumbled. It's like, I want to yes. be able to hear the show and see the show. I'm not paying mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. not see the show. I don't care mm-hmm. if it seems like it's the floodlight woods. I want floodlight woods so I can see what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, because I I think I mentioned this on like on stream once. And then, of course, on social media, I was like tagging AMC theaters because I was like, look, I'm really not trying to be a Karen about this because I don't want my money back or anything like I'm not going to, you know, but seriously, is it that much to ask for you to have a bulb that's not about to die to not be flickering (laughs) as it's going on? It's like. Because I'm the same way. It's like, look, again, I don't need a refund. I just, I, all I care about is for you to buy a bulb to fix the issue so that it's not a problem. <laughs> but my local one, every time I go, 99% of the films I watch there, and it's literally five, like less than five minutes away. So that's why it, it behooves me to go there because it's so close. And the bulb is flickering on the brink of death almost every single time. And Well, my complaint is hashtag AMC clean your dirty toilets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was always an issue at our theater. Yeah, I would have to say this Cinemark was nice. Like, really nice. The one here is nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially compared to one that's local to me. (laughs) It's way Mm -hmm. better. The the one local to you is not very good. No, it's, it's <laughs> terrible. 
Yeah, I feel like the the smaller theater chains like Cinemark and, and other specialty ones, they probably have maybe in most cases more money and actual care to create a product that is going to be memorable because they, they really can't afford to lose people even in some markets. So it kind of makes yeah, more that, sense for them to have the better, higher standards for cleanliness and things like that. Yeah, I think that's the main issue with mine. They don't have competition mm. where I'm at. Oh, they don't. I think that'll do it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. what, Mr. Roy, I have to ask you something about this movie. Gary said you should learn how to build a nuclear bomb when it's over. And he said this movie did not teach you that. You would probably have to go to the anarchist handbook to better learn that. <laughs> I expect to know how to build one of these bombs when this movie is over. Um, this is a film more towards the title character, not um, actually how Dag- to build a bomb. Daggone it. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many plans. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a it's it's a very strange way to film yes. a character drama with a giant IMAX camera that's intended to film nature documentaries, not you know. Yeah, that, that's so odd because you would think it, uh, a biopic would be more intimate. I guess why would you need IMAX for something like that? Yeah, it, it's strange because. It irritated me watching the film. You could see the aspect ratio change constantly. Mm. Oh, gosh. Oh, was that between yeah. the black and white scenes and the color scenes? or it, That and on top of... They're filming it in traditional 70 millimeter, which is a really widescreen aspect right. ratio. And then they film it in IMAX, which is a more of a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. So it, I... you see bo- yeah, you see bars jumping in and off the screen. It's, oh, that, gosh. Yeah. I did not... Because I, I actually didn't notice it. I actually thought it was pretty like consistent. But now that you mention it, that actually makes a lot more sense. Because <laughs> I was even wondering, because I remember them saying they filmed most of it with 65, I think is what it is, 65 millimeter. Yeah, it, it's, it's 65 millimeter negative, and they put it on the 70 millimeter. <laughs> okay, okay. It's this Todd A.O. method. Mm. <gasps> oh, my gosh, really? Yeah, it's either... I think it's Todd A.O. or super, or call it Super Pandavision. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Now, oh, you I know, know who Todd A.O. is named for, don't you? Say that. What's the name of it? Todd. Again? It's Todd. It's from Mike Todd. He Mike was Todd. the director who got, he died back in the 50s. He was married to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh. And he was trying to get back home to her and got killed. And that system is based on something he developed back in the 50s when the theaters were trying to become more competitive with television. Oh, dang. Hmm. I didn't know yeah, that. The, yeah, the reason why they use it is because the, the shutter sound on an IMAX camera is so loud, you can't yes. film dialogue scenes with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> what? What? Actually, you know what? I'm surprised that Nolan wouldn't have done that general because then he wouldn't have had, he would not have had to add sound. He, he could have just, you know, let the sound of the camera come in and <laughs> and it would have had the same yeah. effect. And it silent could have claimed movie. it was some artsy fartsy because I like yeah, as, yeah. doing a silent movie. Yeah, that's why that's why you when you watch like films like Dunkirk, there's not a lot of dialogue because he filmed most of it with IMAX cameras. Uh, you had to cut down oh. the dialogue scenes. And see Dunkirk, I only saw it on a TV in my cabin when I was 
on my cruise, so I never saw all of it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw, I don't know, somebody, I think somebody picked up somebody on Dunkirk, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was interesting. Of, Go ahead. It's a bunch of people crossing the channel that's basically the whole entire movie. <laughs> well, I can just see Mrs. Jennifer and it's the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> It is similar because of the the times jumping around, but this one it goes even further because you have the the IMAX you know factor, which again it looks beautiful, like it, it looks really like really fantastic. But right. but then also you're like kind of like what Mr. Roy was saying. But what is the reason? Why would you actually? I mean, at one point they're they're inside a room, and you're thinking to yourself, why would you we why would you have an IMAX camera for an, for a very like small intimate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I guess you could say it's to get the, you know, the big image and everything. But then you have these these random sex scenes that happen. And you're like, OK, you were just like, yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm going to film with this IMAX camera. I'm gonna <laughs> film Florence. That was in the a, weird part. Like, in a chair. Yeah, Florence Pugh, you know, during this scene, again, this was the most artsy part of it was he's being interviewed. And then all of a sudden, randomly, he's naked. And then Florence Pugh is naked on top of him. And then it's like, what in the heck am I watching? And why were you like, yeah, I want to film that in IMAX. Yeah! <laughs> it's like, Nolan, what, what are you doing, man? He's a little porny there. He's know, an right? auteur. He's an auteur. He has to deal yeah, with that. This, oh. this is a PG-13 movie that they randomly slap sex scenes in a couple yep. F-bombs. Yep. we got to make it R, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> the R route like, allows us to do this, so. <sighs> Actually, wait. It's only PG thirteen. No, it's R. Okay, yeah. I was oh, it say. is R. Oh, <laughs> he, he was about say. He's saying it's a PG thirteen movie. They put in stuff to make oh, it R. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, because there should be. What's interesting, and I don't know, Mr. Roy, if you saw this, how apparently in some Middle Eastern countries there is a cut of the film where she's covered, or it looks like she's covered. Yeah, they like CGI black oh. dress on her. Yeah. <laughs> I heard about this. Yeah. Oh yeah. So apparently God. they're editing. And the, the studio didn't do this. Apparently their government did this. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. And of course, me, me over here, you know, the Catholic, I'm like, why can't I get that version? I don't need to see. I don't need to see that. So and I just want a version where they teach me how I, to build a bottle. I don't know why they went through the effort. Just cut the scene out. You don't yeah. need it. Seriously. It probably would have been easier for that. But then again, because there's so much jumping around. It, it might have actually, you know, or or maybe they have some allowance in their censoring to only do certain things where if they tried anything more, they would lose the rights to be able to show the movie that that would huh. probably make more sense um, as to as to why they would do that. But also Tina is now on a list because she's clearly wanting to find out how to make a bomb. Well, Gary brought it up, too. He was like. I had to go get the anarchist handbook. I learned more in that. And I was like, oh, okay. I never saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Roy, I have to ask you this. Did you get more out of the movie with it being nonlinear? Or would it just have made more sense to, for him to have shot the movie chronologically? I don't um, get the whole nonlinear thing. I don't either. I, I prefer movies to be straightforward to me um, yes same yeah unless there's like a yeah. good reason like i think back to some of the early work of nolan because 
Didn't he do Memento? Memento, yeah. That's still my favorite Nolan movie, though. Yeah. And and I think of Memento, and I think of just how brilliant that movie is. But even though it's non-linear, well, rather, sorry, even though it's not a straightforward linear movie, there's still a linear dynamic to it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <sighs> also, Father Luca wanted to add this for, for Tina. She says, "This is uh, Tina is not the only one. I'm also disappointed that this is not a manual for construction." <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary brought it up first, so that's the only reason why I latched onto it. <laughs> you just need a little, you know, a little plutonium. Uh, just yeah, that's just like okay. Now, what all do I need here? Just a little yeah, uranium, plutonium. Especially Adams. And it'll be yeah, oh, yeah, and that. Um, and you might destroy the entire world. It's near zero, so there's not a good chance, but theoretically. Oh, oh, oh well, okay. <laughs> oh, well, no more Barbie movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, Mr. Roy, I was going to say, yeah, my brother uh, told me that he went to see this. He was extremely impressed, but sometimes my brother's opinion on movies is suspect I guess so I I'm sorry I'm gonna have to wait until this comes to TV I I can't go to the movies to you know I don't know I don't know that I could justify this in IMAX I I would say this I I like the movie it just needs a um, two and a half hour director's cut if that (laughs) makes sense (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, Nolan's director's cut would be six hours. I was gonna say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would be like a two and a half hour studio cut. Yes, he he would not be cutting time. No, he'd in be any instance. Yeah. Exactly. Oh well. Well, this yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say because I, I want to know how you feel about this, also, Mr. Roy, with this film. When you get to the moment where the bomb is about to go off. I don't know, like, I felt like it was clever how they handled it, especially from, like, a sound way. But at the same time, I almost felt underwhelmed by it. Yeah, I felt underwhelmed, especially with the IMAX. When you're when you're shooting a scene with IMAX, you have to keep in mind that there's going to be the top and the bottom part of the frame is going to get cut. Mm. So <laughs> I started noticing that, especially in the bomb scene, where they're filming it so far away, so they... If, when the bars get cut, they could cut them. <laughs> so there's so much space above and below the frame when oh. Bob's going off. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Because, I mean, it looks really, really cool. And, I mean, he did have to, you know, set off a pretty powerful, you know, bomb to, to be able to, to capture what he what he did. Yeah, it, it looks really good. For, oh, yeah. I, I believe he used forced perspective to make it look convincing. It, okay. Really good job doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like moments like that where you're like, Nolan, you're such a genius. Why why do you yeah. let that genius go to your head and <laughs> you know have to make films this spe- like especially the last several? Like why do you have to be making movies this way when you, you could you, you have all the tools to make some really great yeah, films just, that everyone can enjoy? Just use regular seventy millimeter, it'll save you a bunch of time. Yeah, <laughs> no. exactly. So he really didn't set off Disney. he he really didn't stop an atomic bob to make this movie then, huh? imagine if he somehow got the rights to do that somewhere 
it, knowing knowing our world, it would have to be some crazy like nuclear power like that is like a rogue nation of sorts. Well, it would, it would just went boom, and I go, oh, Christopher Nolan's making his Oppenheimer movie. Mm. <laughs> like your house starts shaking, you're like, oh, there's Nolan again. There's Nolan again. <laughs> He had to doing his practical effects, <laughs> darn it. Doing his silly practical effects again, okay. He had to do 12 takes, so he had to set out 12 bombs. Oh my gosh. And now we have to live in a nuclear winter because no well, one needed it. It was film. worth it, though. Oppenheimer. <laughs> Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everything else about it is, is really is so good, the acting especially. And, yeah. and that's what's okay. sad about the whole thing with Florence Pugh and, and having these scenes, you know, of her and then, like the nudity and everything. Cause it's like, she's giving a good performance, but then all of a sudden you just ram like, Oh, there she is naked again. Okay. <laughs> all right, Nolan. I don't know what that's saying about you, man, but okay. And I had to shoot an IMAX. Darn it. Imagine that pitch too. It's those, like those loud shutter sounds. <laughs> imagine, imagine she's talking like, all right, all right, Flo. You know, she calls. You know, he calls her Flo. You know, Florence, Flo. All right, you know, hey, Flo. Uh, how's this for a scene? All right, I, I want you. Uh, I want to shoot you in IMAX. All right, so we're gonna set the cameras up here. You're gonna be in this chair, and then you're gonna be completely naked. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden she's like, um, sorry, you, you just kind of glossed over that. Wait, IMAX cameras. Okay, check. Naked? What? What, what is the purpose? <laughs> <laughs> like, All right, oh. now take your clothes off and go. And go. <laughs> and now look like you're enjoying it. It's like Nolan. What are you doing? It's for art. art. <laughs> it's for the art of it. I promise it's not, a, it's not an adult film. I promise. I <laughs> Though if anyone was going to produce the first IMAX adult film, it would be Nolan because he'd be like, "It's for the oh art." Gosh. It's for the art. No. It's yeah. art. Darn it. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Goodness me. Well. <laughs> Did you see anything else other than Oppenheimer? <laughs> um, <laughs> what's the sound of freedom? Yeah. Oh, okay. great. What'd you think? I liked it. Yeah. Uh, for like a small indie film, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was actually pretty good. I liked yeah. it. Now, what I'm hearing is that you didn't love it. And I have to wonder why you a terrible person. <laughs> um, I don't like watching movies where there's yeah. like weird subject matter like oh, this. Yeah. It, um, For sure, people fid- fiddling around with kids is really creepy and gross. And, yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's why the I, film I, is, I think, getting. You know, I mentioned this in in my reviews and whenever I talk about it, is it's not, it's a film that it's it's a solidly made movie, but it's also it's nothing. It's not a film where you're like, oh, I love that movie and I want to go see it again. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. it's kind of like, it's not supposed to be that. And I'm kind of I'm very glad it's not that kind of movie. Um, but I do think some people, when talking about it, they are treating it like it's something as like as the actual film itself is something that it's actually not. Because if you kind of like lift up the movie to be like this amazing, like, oh, it's just the most brilliant thing ever. And it's like, it's not really that. That's not what it's trying to be. It's just trying to say, here's a story. Here's a true story. That, that no one's talking about, that no one's really doing anything about, and here's our chance to expose it and to you know talk about it more. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. There's quite a bit of the movie that's actually factual. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, Hollywood will will embellish certain things, mm-hmm. but for the most of like the island scene and stuff is mostly what he said actually happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only scene that's I think fiction is the 
the ending part where he actually goes in the, the jungle rescue. and all this. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. the actual rescue. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's actually fiction. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's like, it's moments like that for a movie like this where I almost wish that hadn't been in there because it is, I think, what, two hours, a little over two hours long? Yeah, and, it feels stacked going. <laughs> and it's two hours and ten minutes, and that whole end sequence, they could have cut. And it would have still been powerful because if you're still ending on that moment where the guy says, you know, do you hear that? That's the sound of freedom. As cheesy as it is in the moment, you're like, (laughs) oh, this actually works. Like this actually does make sense within the context of the film. And I think that would have been a better place to end it. Or if you wanted to add other information about the characters or anything like that, you could have done that with, you know, the text bubbles that they usually have at the end of films like this, where it's like, hey, this is what happened to this person. Here's what this person's doing now. Because, like, when you have moments like that, like, we can look at it and say, oh, yeah, well, most of it is true. And this is more so to talk about, you know, uh, some things that people might try to do to rescue these kids. But for Mm -hmm. other people to say, oh, part of it is fake. And so, therefore, we can't trust any of it. It's like, well, wait a minute. That's not not the case either, right? Hollywood biopics have always done that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even movies like uh, Apollo 13 embellish Mm -hmm. its story. Yeah. Yeah, I guess because of the message of the film, I almost wish that they had not added that. Because, yeah. for instance, like with the uh, with the island rescue, the cool thing about it is that it's mostly true. And when I say mostly, it's because oh, they were actually taking down two other locations at the same time. And it's like yeah, okay, that was, that's something that you can you know work. There was also adults involved in the traffic. Mm-hmm. Uh, people actually being trafficked wasn't just children; it was mm-hmm. adults also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. How many people were yeah. in your theater when you watched it? Oh, those packed. Those packed with a bunch of old people. <laughs> I, like, I like the way you said that. A bunch of old people old in there. People. <laughs> How much? Oh, they're the, oh, they're the best because they're the ones that don't pull out their phones and crap. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. How much of that was going on in Oppenheimer? Uh, not a whole lot. When that's you, you spend the the extra money. We had people come out all the way from Colorado to, to, to Dallas to see this. That's, oh my gosh! Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, the, because there's so few locations. Because the IMAX. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. We have one in Boise, which is weird. We got it clear back in the '90s, and then it just like sat there empty for a long time because uh-huh. people didn't make IMAX films. <laughs> right. But uh, I think they got it back going. Yes, yeah. so we have one in, all the way up in Boise. Oh, nice. It was crazy because we got it like almost right when IMAX started, which was insane. Wow. Like, and then it just sat there, and they didn't know what to do with it, but they didn't want to tear it down. And finally, they started getting more IMAX movies going, so they finally were able to open it back up. Cool. Yeah. Well, what they're doing now is IMAX now has this rail system where they could move the digital cameras out the way and push the projector up so they could do dual pictures, basically. They could run digital mm. pictures. They could run film pictures. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm hoping you know more theaters do that, but when I talked to that guy, he told me basically... There's no new projectors. They, it's all old, thirty-year-old crap that they're having to run these films oh, on. Oh my gosh! Wow. Well, yeah, because what a lot of people don't know with the IMAX. Because my favorite complaint every day, my favorite complaint when I worked at AMC was the old people coming out of the IMAX, where they would say, "It's too loud. Can you turn it down?" And I would be like, um, "That's kind of the point." <laughs> it's like. Um, well, I can't because that's kind of the point. But then also, too, I literally can't because only IMAX technicians can actually touch like anything visually, <laughs> anything uh, sound-wise. Like we cannot tinker with it at all. 
Uh, like, unless we're trying to troubleshoot an issue, even then, there's only so much that can actually be done because they, they only will let IMAX technicians, people who are actually mm-hmm. trained, do anything. The only thing that we were able to do was upload movies to the projector. Like, that was, that was it. That's all we could actually do. Wow. And even then, you know, with the other projectors, it was very easy. You just, you know, you know plug in the... If you had a thumb drive with trailers <laughs> on it or anything like that, because typically it would just be a system-wide, which would take a long time just to transfer these massive files. By the way, uh, Hannibal Grimm mentioned that um, one of the versions, I don't know if this was the IMAX or not, was 314 gigabytes. Um, oh, my god! For, for Oppenheimer. So if you know anything <laughs> about uh, Blu-rays and 4Ks, uh, the biggest 4K that I know of on a single disc is... Uh, the oh my goodness i'm blanking out on it it's about 100 gigs though or 96 or so gigs um mr roy you probably know exactly what i'm talking about steven spielberg uh down uh, schindler's list schindler's list i think that might be one of the biggest ones so on a 4k you're getting like 96 gigs or so and this is 300 plus gigs wow um but yeah it was always my favorite was the it's too loud it's okay well i'm I'm confused. I mean, okay, what yeah. you all probably know says, was Dune shot in IMAX? I don't was, well, think it was Dune? officially. Why was it shown in an IMAX then? Because when I, when my brother and I went to see it, we saw it in IMAX. So essentially, what happens is um, movies can be shot in just a regular, you know. You know, obviously today it's all digital. Right. But let's say you have a digital film. You can still show a regular film in IMAX. You have okay. to. I think you do have to change. Like there's basically conversion process. You know how there's those movies that get released in 3D, but they weren't actually shot in 3D. Right. Yeah. Because there's a post conversion. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure the exact process, but it's a similar one where you have a post conversion after so that it can be shown. But okay. it's, it's one of those funny things because you'll notice a film is not actually an IMAX movie because of the giant bars, like Mr. Roy was talking about okay. um, earlier. Is like uh-huh. you'll say, oh, this one was not made for IMAX because there's these giant sections of screen that are not being filled. Whereas with Nolan films, when he was first doing IMAX, he had it going between formats. So you right. would see some of the wider shots where it would fill the, all, the entire screen. And you're like, oh, that was an IMAX shot because it's filling up okay. all the space. Okay. So, okay. And so for Dune, I don't know for sure if if yeah, that's so first one. Dune is filled with a digital camera that is IMAX certified. Okay. Okay. It, uh, all right. That makes sense. Okay. Um, IMAX does make digital cameras now for their specifically for their projectors, like mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame were both filmed with IMAX digital cameras. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Now, we have to take this with a grain of salt because it's from Collider, and we know that they are not a, a trustworthy news source. But this is one where it seems like they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't lie about this, would they? But apparently the first Dune, about 40% of it was shot in IMAX. The, so the first film. Okay. And then the second film, part two, apparently all of it has been shot in IMAX. But it sounds like it's that digital IMAX and not. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. the sound design, I thought, was good because it gave me a mm-hmm. migraine when I left. So um, <laughs> yeah, the, the sound design was great. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that means the IMAX is doing what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to do what it's supposed <laughs> to do. So definitely, okay. definitely not that you would see this movie because your favorite person in the world's in it. Um, but never see Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One 
in an IMAX. Oh, I never had any intention of oh, seeing that movie. But yeah. I'll say this to anybody. I would say no one should see it in IMAX for the one reason that there's a train sequence where, oh my gosh, the train whistle is going off every five seconds and it's so loud. <laughs> even I was like, look, I'm, and I'm used to, I love IMAX and I love the sound of IMAX, but even I was like, this is so shrill and it's just, I can't, I just can't. Oh, I hated that part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It was bad. Wow. That, that whole train thing, I hated it. I the, like, only thing that, the only thing that impresses me is that that's the same train in that stupid Indiana Jones movie. I just yes. heard that on something. They said it's the same train, the same bridge, huh. but the effects in, um, I was going to say Top Gun, Mission Impossible <laughs> are so much better. Than the yeah. ones in the Indiana Jones movie. So, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two movies I have no plans on ever seeing. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the train whistle. Oh, yeah. It was. It was rough. It was really rough. So you saw. Uh, went off another tangent there about IMAX and and <laughs> Oppenheimer a little Sorry. bit. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was that. It's all of our fault, Tina. That that's on all of us. Okay. Um, <laughs> But you saw Sound of Freedom, and mm-hmm. and obviously it's it's one of those weird things where you're like, I liked it because it's like, <coughs> you know, you're like, I liked it as a film, but at the same time, you know, it, I didn't like the subject matter exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but even yeah. then, you're like, I liked it because it's exposing it, but I don't like it because yeah, it's one of those weirds like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's no right way to 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 praise it. It seems <laughs> except to say it's one of those things where it's like I like seeing it. Once, yeah, and then I never want to see it again. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. like Schindler's List. You sit yeah. through it one time, yep. you're like, yep. I loved it, but I never want to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then as a, as, a, as a teacher, you know, you sometimes like you put on movies and it's like you have to watch it like six or seven times because you have multiple classes. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> that's, me and, that's me and the passion every year. Oh, no. <laughs> but, I'm, but luckily, because I am who I am, I love it. So I'll watch all the scenes. We'll get to the the scourging scene. I'll always be like, "All right, guys, it's about to be the scourging scene. Be you know, be warned." And uh, is your phone going off again? I hear a ring. Oh, I have <laughs> my battery's dying. I have to plug it oh, in. No. Oh no! <laughs> hurry, hurry! So probably what's doing the. They're they're they're. Uh, let me see what the battery is. Yeah, it's uh nineteen percent. Oh my so, goodness! Uh, that's, oh my goodness! That's, that's what's making it buzz. Was the the uh the outlet? <laughs> oh my goodness! It's interfering with oh my no. my headphones. I have no idea why. Oh no. <laughs> it was not as it was not as bad as what was uh, the previous sound. So okay, yeah, it was a different different kind of sound. It just sounded like in the background I could hear. It's like oh, someone's phone seems to be vibrating. Um. <laughs> But yeah, like yeah, I, the same thing with the passion every year. It's it's like luckily I'm the person I'm in because some people I know they wouldn't they can barely get through it once. Um, and I'm saying that like I enjoy it like in that way, but it's more of a I just appreciate you know it for what mm-hmm. it is. It becomes a prayer basically yeah. every every time I watch it. Yeah. <sighs> so, Mr. Roy, what else have you watched? Uh, that's pretty much uh, what I watched in the movie theaters. I did sit down mm-hmm. and watch a movie called um, Grave of the Fire fireflies yeah mm. i watched that did you watch it because of me or did you just happen to watch it the same time i just happened to um i bought it yeah and it's been sitting on my shelf forever same here i don't i don't remember why i decided to watch it i guess because of oppenheimer <laughs> me too 
Mr. Roy, sometimes I feel like we have the same brain. Um, yeah. Because I did the same exact thing. I automatically was like, I want to find out more about nuclear bombs. And uh, and I was watching like YouTube videos where one random YouTuber who covers this stuff had a Geiger counter at the original test site and was like doing all this stuff. And then I started looking up other movies. And I'm like, oh, I've been putting off watching Grave of the Fireflies forever. And I've been hearing how like great of a movie it is. Obviously, it's 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 very dark, but how still very yeah. good it is. So what do you think of it? It's one of the saddest movies I think I've seen in a while. It, yeah. It's 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 a hard watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that. I really don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil it for people. Yeah. I've yeah. Seen it. Huh. yeah it, it's a uh, it's a studio. I think it's a studio Ghibli as well. Yeah, it's a Studio Ghibli film, but yeah. it was made for a different production company, so it's kind of yeah. hard to find. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I'm trying to remember if, if Miyazaki had any um, thing to do with the film. No, it was not a Miyazaki film. Yeah, people often confuse this film with him. Okay. It was, it's well, like, I think Studio Ghibli, most people think Miyazaki, so mm-hmm. I think that might be why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, I, I already because I do know that there are many films that he didn't do, and then there are the ones that are his work, um, and yeah. all you know, studio, studio Ghibli related. But yeah, for for this one, to me, it was so jarring too because it is since it is you know Studio Ghibli related. The opening, you see the the Totoro, right? You see the Totoro Studio Ghibli image, and that automatically makes you think of, oh, that's right, I love Studio Ghibli. It's always really <laughs> so fun, family nice. friendly, exactly. And nice. <laughs> And then this movie's like, yeah, you know all those feelings you have? I'm going to smash them with a sledgehammer. And I'm like, oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. I now know why people warned me about this movie. Yeah. yeah I feel like um, the wind also rises with kind of like Oppenheimer-esque in that it goes over a Japanese guy who designed the planes hmm. that used, I think, in World War II or World War One. I. I think it was World War Two. Yeah. And so it was kind of a similar okay. concept in that, you know, it's about the guy who helped design these things that caused so much death. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's very loosely based on the designer of the um, Japanese Zero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I've, I've seen that one. I haven't seen Grave of the Fireflies, but I did see that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, did you watch This is always the big debate. Did you watch this one subbed or dubbed? Um, I've seen it twice, so I okay. watched both versions. Okay. Did you feel the same way I did that the voice actress for the for the young sister was kind of annoying in English? Uh, yeah. Okay. They, they, the English dubs are always annoying. Yeah. <laughs> they always get the little kids are way more annoying in the English dubs. I find. Yes. Mm-hmm. So much more annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do feel like when it comes to the, like the Studio Ghibli films specifically, I do enjoy the. Because now I've watched My Neighbor Totoro an infinite number of times because Baby Thor discovered it and <laughs> fell in love with it. And just, oh, you know, it's, it's, now we're on. So the, he goes through stages. And so now we're kind of in this Pixar stage. So the movies that we now watch every weekend for the last few weekends have been A Bug's Life and Wally, where <laughs> I'm so happy that he's enjoying good movies, though, because if I have to watch a film multiple times, I'd much rather it be a Wally or a Bug's Life, or a My Neighbor Totoro, than the other garbage that he, you know, could be. Could be Captain watching. Marvel. Go oh, God. No. <laughs> we will not speak that name in this house. 
He will never learn of Brie Larson's existence ever. Yes. <laughs> I gotta One say, I, I I don't think the Marvels looks that Can bad. I, I think she looks man. like she's doing Sorry. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My baby sister went to. They went to see something at the movies, and she told me they showed the trailer to the Marvels, and she was like, somehow they made Brie Larson likable. And I said, yeah, that's very she difficult She looks like she has so do. much more personality in this one. Yes, <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. well... It's too late, though, because she's yeah. already it's too late. No likes her. <laughs> well, she wasn't made for you, okay? No, oh, no. I, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So, go, but with Grave of the Fireflies, just for anyone who's wondering, so it is set in the final moments, the final months of of World War II, and it deals with a a fourteen year old. Um, and his sister, who have become separate from their parents, and just what they have to go through as kids that don't have that 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 parental presence around them, um, wow. and really kind of how they have to be kind of very independent on their own, and yeah, yeah it's just you know, and as yeah, as Mr. Roy was saying, there's only so much we can say because you know we would think, well, it's a World War II movie, we can assume what happens. It's like. Yeah, but you really don't know, and it's it's one of those things where it's exactly. probably better just to find out how it unfolds because it is a part of the story. It's a part of the power of of right. the story. Yeah. Um, this is also one of the rare films that really shows like the devastation of mm-hmm. Allied firebombing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it could oh, do. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. it was so bad. So what happened was we were doing like firebombing in in Japan, like we've done in Europe. Well, Europe's mm-hmm. made of stone houses. And Japan's made of paper houses. Oh, and that's so right. They would do like, you know, a line and then a line and then a line. But in Europe, you know, it's bomb. But in Japan, it actually created fire tornadoes. And if you didn't die from the fire, you had the oxygen sucked out of you and you suffocated instead. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was like people talk about the nuclear bombs that we dropped and, and they were very horrible. But I don't know that the fire bombing was any worse because it would just either suffocate you or yeah. you would incinerate, which yeah. was way worse yeah. than what happened in Europe. Um, yeah. So, sorry. I, I I, I'm a history major. Okay. World War II and American pop culture of the 20th and 21st century. Those are my two emphases. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. So, sorry, I had to jump in on that one. I'm like, hang on. Absolutely. I know this one. This is something I know. I, I got to agree in this. Let me... And I got a degree in this. Put, put me in, coach. I'm ready. Yep, yep. Ready. I'm like, no, no, no. Hang on. This, this is what I do for a living. And my history emphasis was the Plantagenist, the Tudor period, mm. and then uh, World War II. Yeah, World War. Everyone does World War II because it's just so relevant. Relevant. Yeah, it, right. it, it, it's it's insane, and so much media focuses on it. So it, yeah. And here I am, you know, I care more about medieval history, but what would I know? You know <laughs> ancient just... history is something I'm really interested in, like very ancient history. Um, and then yes. I skip clear into like the modern day. It's so funny. I skip like thousands <laughs> of years, like ancient prehistory and modern pop culture. It's so funny. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, the, the movie, it really is just so powerful. And yeah, kind of like what you were, you were saying, it, it shows the devastation of, of that fire. Uh, of the yeah, fire it, it was so bad right, mm-hmm. right. and they were um in japan they actually were running out of rations as a country which is why one of the people who was from japan was like you know i don't like how it ended with the bombs but mm-hmm. he's like but we were dying of starvation we had like rice and that was it and we were gonna starve to death if the war didn't end 
-hmm. And so they actually, he was in some ways glad it ended as quickly as it did because of the bombs, even though he, I mean, they're horrible, they're horrifying, but he's like, I don't know how she would have ended it. You know, we were going to starve to death. So yeah, it's so hard when you're part of the country and also recognizing how bad things are. It's like, I don't know what to say. You know, it was horrible for us, but you know, we were also dying in other ways. So right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause, yeah. cause also, you know, cause the other film that I started kind of because of the track that this had is another film that I had never heard of arrow video, got the rights to it to, to put out a, um, a high quality release of it. It was, it's a film called, it's just called Hiroshima. Um, uh-huh. and it, it basically deals with the aftermath of the atomic bomb and one of the interesting things about it, it was it was made by a group that also, because they were shooting in Hiroshima and they were filming this in like 1950s, I think, they were able to have a lot of people as extras who were impacted by the like the nuclear fallout. Oh. And it's just a very fascinating discussion. Uh, and really, it, it also, there's at one point where there's a kid, um, there's a group of kids and they were on this trip and they're in this collapsed house. And so they're all stuck and they're all just suffering. But one of the kids starts like screaming like these military orders, uh-huh. right? like, like a good soldier is this or this. And then one of the kids yells at him saying, what is that going to help with anything? How is that going to help? It's just interesting because it's showing one, the devastation of, you know, what we did, but then also two the kind of mixed reaction that you would have gotten of some people who are very much of that military mindset of protecting the country and everything. But then the other saying, no, this is just terrible. Like we, we can't even, you know, why, why are you even bringing that up right now? We need to mm-hmm. survive. Right. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah. It's, it's a very, very powerful film, Mr. Roy, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you able to watch anything else? That's pretty much it. Okay. Um, were you able to pick up anything on physical media? Uh, I'm still going through that right now. I okay. recently moved, and um, <laughs> I, I moved very quickly. I threw everything in the box, and now I'm sitting there trying to rearrange all. Oh my god! It's the worst. It's just <laughs> <laughs> it's unpacking. I feel it always takes a lot longer than packing because yeah. when, you're packing, when you're packing, there's typically like, oh, there's a specific time I have to get all this done. Whereas when you're unpacking, you're like, oh, well, I'm here for a while, so I'm just going to take my time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mr. Roy, thank you for sharing. Yeah, appreciate you having me yeah, on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, Zane, what do you want to talk about today? Uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, sorry, I actually haven't seen a movie in theaters since like, uh, Ghostbusters after, uh, like, what is, what is it? The new one that got oh, Afterlife. 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 Sorry, yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I haven't seen a movie in theaters since then because, uh, wow. there hasn't really been anything that I've wanted to see. And the- I wanted to go see, uh, Top Gun, but I just, I never got the chance. And other than that, I don't think there's been anything that I've, I've just nothing that I've, mm-hmm. You just let it. me down with that. I know. Top Gun comment. I, I know. I wanted to see it. And I just never got. There was never a time I could go yeah. see it with someone. And I wanted to go see it with, uh, with people. If there's any time to see a film in IMAX, that would have been I like know. over the last few years. I would have, have had to go out to Boise, and that's like two hours away. Um, but if I still lived in Nampa, where I'm from, it would have been mm. like half an hour, and I could have gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a yeah. That, that's always a, a tough one. Um, and like, had had Oppenheimer been as good as I had hoped it would be. There is a 
real IMAX theater in Nashville, uh, mm-hmm. which is about maybe two, two and a half hour drive from, from Chattanooga. But uh, let's just say, yeah, I didn't have that experience with the movie, so I don't have any plans to go see it in the, in the real IMAX. Again, it's not a bad movie. It's just not one worth going to see again yeah. two and a half hours away. I guess I could talk about I did get 4K movies because I got a 4K play, yeah. player, which I think the Xbox Series X, which I finally got, plays. Okay. Uh, and so I've got the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, both yeah. in 4K. So those came out recently. That's why I didn't bid on it when you, when you put them up. I'm like, no, I oh, just yeah. got them. <laughs> I got yeah, whatever, uh, whatever I put up the yeah. give whatever I put up the giveaways. There's some where I put when I put them up, I'm like, why is no one entering in? And then I'm like, oh, well, a lot of these guys are, you know movie fans and so they probably either already own it or <laughs> so i got uh legend in 4k okay. which uh it's the director's cut is way better than regular legend that came out in the theater okay um that's one tom cruise and mia sarah and tim tim perry that's the one tim i thought the big scary devil yes yes okay. and tom cruise is like 19 it's so funny i'm like that yeah <laughs> he, he hadn't gotten his braces yet his teeth were still like uh, not straight. Oh, um, no. I'd forgotten how his teeth worked straight back then when he was younger. I, I remember when he got the, the Invisalign. He had like the Invisalign when they first came out. Um, okay. Or the clear ones that he got way back in the day. Right. On like a talk show. And he's like, he talked about, he's like, see, you can't even see him. Um, but I'd yes. forgotten that. I'm watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 used to be straight. Now he's got like this perfect mouth, you know? <laughs> that's, that's, the, uh, that's the Arrow video release of it, right? I think so. Yes, I think okay. yep. It's got an arrow on it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, because I have I, I have that one too. I don't know if I have the 4K or the Blu-ray edition, but it was, it was the most recent release that they did. Yeah, I think I got the 4K, and uh, it's the the director's cut is a lot better. Um, I feel like they moved the scenes around some, and it made a little bit more sense. Some of the reactions, I feel like, made the the movie uh, flow a little bit better. Okay. Hmm. So I, I like that version. Orange um, Reviews points out he was 22 during filming. And Mia Sarah was fifteen. Oh, was she only fifteen? Oh, Ooh. is she? Uh, I assume that there's a romantic. Uh, there is an implied romantic scene. Okay, yes. um, it, it kind of like they kiss and she lays down, and then they cut away, and like then they cut back, and at no point were they ever undressed. Okay, so, like were they just like hanging out for about an hour? Because it doesn't like you know show them putting right. clothes back on her. And it just like cuts away and it cuts back later, and they're like, oh, it's later. Like, yeah. they, like <laughs> two hours uh, later. <laughs> well, it's so funny because, like, that in the in the original version, it was like, and then she goes to go touch the unicorn. And if you're not, a, there's you're supposed to be a virgin woman to be able right. to like touch unicorns and stuff. Uh, and I'm like, like, oh, that's why, that's why I didn't like you because you're not a virgin anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and the new one, it happens after, and so uh, I think there or something like that. I don't remember. But it was like, it was so funny. So it's like, oh, oh, see, that's why. <laughs> wow. I haven't seen that movie in years. Now, how old are they? I didn't realize so- he was that much older than how her. How old are they supposed to be in the, film, in the film? I think they're supposed to be about the okay. same age. They're supposed okay. to both be about 18, um, I thought, at least. Yeah. There's also a scene later where she's, like, being seduced by, like, the devil. Right. And uh, the Tim Curry character, and uh, and uh, she is resisting, and but she has this like different outfit that's all sexy. Oh, which now makes that really interesting. Yeah. Like, oh. Yes. 
That's almost as bad as because one of the other movies I have is Labyrinth, where it's like Labyrinth has a uh, sixteen-year-old Jennifer Connelly yes. and then grown adult thirty-four-year-old, uh, you know, David, what's his name? David Bowie. David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah. You know, and she's like this. Uh, I don't nostalgic chick person viewing it one time, and she's like, I have like a fever, a fever dream, and she's like, a sexy fever dream? <laughs> How old were they again? <laughs> like sixteen and thirty-four. Like, oh, <laughs> Labyrinth, the movie that goes there. Oh, I don't remember. I don't think they ever kissed though. No, so, no. At least, it's at just, least, there's I think not it's from like, though. yeah, no. I I think it was supposed to be like from her perspective, you know, mm-hmm. falling in love with this older man, which. When you're that age, you're not thinking of it like that. No. You know, when it's got an adult and you're looking at it objectively from outside, yeah. it's like, ugh. Yeah. And he's but I guess evil. if you're looking at it from her perspective, yeah, he is evil. So. And when you're looking at it from her perspective, it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's different, yeah. you know. But, it, yeah. It, well, it's playing on, the like, the teenage so romance dreams, right, that, that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. happens where you're like, oh, that, you know, this older person is so attractive and da-da-da. And so it's, like, playing into yeah. that, so... Yeah, that's what it was playing into with uh, Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And so that one I didn't mind so much because that's kind of like, ah, it's from her perspective. She would be thinking about, you know, someone older. You're not thinking of it as weird when you're that mm-hmm. age. Um, we do because we're adults. Right. Like, yeah. But Self-awareness. Legend it was a little bit different because it was like, oh. Hmm. <laughs> uh, 15, that is quite young. Uh, and she's running around in the, the sexy yes. demon seduction yes. dress. And it's like, okay. <laughs> And then there's this. Yeah, Tim Curry. Yep. Tim Curry. That's Tim Curry. That guy. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness. Yep. He's so good in that role. I mean, really what role is. is he not good in? I mean, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then you got Tom Cruise, who's 22, apparently, which I didn't know. Wow. I... But it's really good. I did like the director's cut a lot better. Um, I think it it made the movie flow a little quite a bit quite a bit better. Okay. And Tim, because I just watched it like last October with my friend. I hadn't seen it since I was like. 16 yeah and i'm like let's put it on it's been 20 years <laughs> and uh and i'm like wow that was uh that was different because he, he's like nine years younger than me my, my best friend i met him when i didn't go to college till i was like 29 down in, in utah valley university oh, okay. and i met him and he was like just got back off the purple lds and he's so it was like 21 and so i was, I was quite a bit older than him but uh we're best friends now and so we were watching it he's you know doesn't have any con he's didn't grow up um, and so he didn't have any like attachment to the film. Kind of like that was dumb. <laughs> I'm like, it was meaningful to me. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it. It reminds me of my past in the '80s, and I missed the '80s. Darn it! Well, I'm sure we'll get another director's cut because it's Ridley Scott. This is true. That's true. <laughs> and there was apparently like a whole bunch of stuff that they uh, they had. There's like three cuts of the film. Oh wow! Dang. Yeah. There was like his cut, and then there was like the European cut, right. which was different for some reason. And then there was like the one that came out with theaters in America. And I think his cut is the one that is the one that is on the arrow. Um, okay. And it's, it's longer, but it, it, it makes more sense. Okay. I think. I feel okay. like, I feel like the, the how they cut it made more sense of the whole of story. Okay. Mm. Okay. Nice. I do like how well, I recommend it. Tim Curry is playing the character known as the. Prince of Darkness, Lord of Darkness. Yep. Yep. It's just giant devil. Yep. <laughs> uh, Orange Chat adds in three cuts: the U.S. cut, European, uh, cut, European and cut, and hybrid. hybrid. Oh my gosh! 
always, <laughs> always a thousand cuts with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta see yeah. there's different ways of reading it, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I love. I love the collector's edition I have of the uh, of Blade Runner because it literally has, I think, four or five cuts of the movie. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's like it's like one of those like the work print cut, and I'm just like, <sighs> what? And then there's the director's cut, but then there's the final cut. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I've only got um for Ridley Scott, I think I've got two cuts of of Gladiator. I've got mm-hmm. the theatrical, mm-hmm. and then there's the director's cut. And it's like the director's cut, the only thing I noticed that was missing was they cut out feeding the Christians to the lions. Mm-hmm. That's in his director's cut. Okay. So, and I was like, it really, it really didn't add anything. We'd already seen what was going on in the Coliseum. So having that, it would just tack on an extra five minutes that the movie didn't need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember for Kingdom of Heaven, something similar happened where the theatrical came out. I didn't mind it because I have very much a bias towards more, you know, not that it's a religious movie per se, but it deals with a religious topic with the Crusades. But then the, the director's cut came out. The director's cut's phenomenal. Like, it just, it raises it to a whole new level. So. That must have been the, what I saw on the plane, no, flight, because I fell asleep on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I rewound it back, and I was oh, he's still chasing after that stupid horse. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I nope, nope, didn't miss anything. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is still lost. Okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The well, other one that I, had. Oh, go ahead. Now, no, I was just going to say now I want to see Legend again. It's been so many years. That's where we got Legend of Zelda from, actually. Hmm. Really? I didn't. Yeah, I guess the guy was inspired by it. That's why it's the Legend of Zelda. That's what I've heard. I, I can't uh, verify. Oh, okay. Okay. We saw it and was like, wow, I want to write a fantasy game, I guess. And that was that was why Ganon's a big, scary demon thingy. Interesting. In the first game. Huh. I'm trying to see if that would work out. Yeah, first release of Zelda was in 86. So, that would technically make sense then. Yep. Huh. Interesting. Well. The other one with a weird editor or edit uh, with different cuts was uh, Watcher in the Woods, which, like, they had, like, three cuts. There was the original cut, and the, the critics were all like, I didn't get it. And so they uh, they recut it, which is weird. So I go back and watch it, and I'm like, that version actually makes more sense. So instead, they yeah. like did this weird cut where they had like the little girl come in and like exposit for about five minutes because the editor or the the stupid critics didn't understand it. And, so and it's just they like Blade Runner. To, yeah, and they needed someone to come in and exposit instead. Yeah. And oh so they, they could have had instead, like, like they, they had like added the, the voiceover for for Blade Runner. For Blade Runner, right? <laughs> So instead, like instead of having like demons show up and like take the girl into a, the other dimension, was supposed to be what it was. Uh, they had the little girl show up possessed, and instead she exposits everything because <laughs> I'm going to take you and, over. Yeah, <laughs> that, that way the audience knows what's going on. We have to dump exposition instead. Uh, I'm like, I oh you just kind of like, get what's going on by like watching the film. I feel like you know, right. I got it because I, I watched the original ending, um, and I'm like, because even the blonde lady there, like. Kind of goes over it. She's like, "Oh, well, this is what happened," but it was like a very quick summary. Mm-hmm. And I right. guess the critics needed like a more like breakdown of everything instead. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah. So that's what we got the movie we did. But if you watch wow. like the 
original edit, like the creature actually shows up and it was actually pretty cool. Like that this practical effect dragon thingy, it was kind of cool. I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> look up the, the, the ending. If you ever get a chance, look up the original ending to Watcher in the Woods. Okay. Uh, and not, they, not they wanted to make it longer where like they actually show them going through the other dimension. Yeah. I feel like that was a bit much. I liked the one where it just like, what happened to them? And then boom, they're back. Okay. Wow. That was the it, version. I think that was the one they put in the theater when they first did it, like in New York, mm-hmm. but then the critics, and then... Yeah. And then they added in the voiceover by, you know, Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, and, the little know, girl. Was like, yeah. Well, you know, I didn't really like this thing, but okay. Yeah. The critics have to have you explain it as uh, they're so smart that they, uh, <laughs> they need exposition <laughs> that audience members wouldn't have needed. I just love the tagline, too. Scared of going into the woods? You should be. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't think it's funny because she was in a James Bond movie. Really? Yeah, she was in, uh, what was it? It was uh, For Your Eyes. <gasps> was she the, the young girl? Oh, was she the young skater? She was the figure skater. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. the figure skater who throws herself at James. The only one. She's funny. It's so funny because she comes back later as an adult. And the actress is like, I'm the only one he turned down. Yeah. I'm like, that's because you were like 16. <laughs> oh, my God. Because she's like throwing herself at him. He's like, ah. Yeah. It's so funny watching James Bond be off put by a woman. <laughs> because she's like 16 and he's like, um, I'll buy you an ice cream. I'll buy you an ice cream. I know that wasn't him. I know it was Roger Moore, but. <laughs> No, yeah, it was Roger Moore. In my head, it, I thought she was okay. good, you know, Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, you nice Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy you a nice cream. Yeah, that was her. It was so funny. Wow. I hadn't seen this movie before, and I, I had seen James Bond, and then I was looking up this movie because I was Halloween, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's the girl James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yep. See, for your eyes only. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. And again, she was an actual professional ice skater. Huh. Oh, was she really? It, I didn't know that. That, that. That's what this says right here. It says, uh, American professional ice skater and actress. After huh. achieving some that's success as a actor. figure skater in the 70s, she became an actor. Oh, that's why they got her for that role. Okay. Hmm. Wow. I thought she was a pretty good character in that one. She, mm-hmm. she at least was fight feisty, didn't put up with when she thought the one guy had hurt her mentor, yeah. talked back to him, got smacked around, but she uh, at least wasn't going to put up with well, also for me it was she was a big part of what i thought was a great change in the character of james bond because up to that yeah. point right and obviously i know a lot of people are very much drawn to the oh he's a womanizer or whatever you know what you would call it yeah. um but this is the one where it's like as you said it's the first time that he actually rejects a woman's advances and also becomes almost like a paternal figure like yep. and so like it's oh this wow. is actually a really nice addition of of him where he's still very much attracted to the ladies but he's also now being more of a father figure which was it's kind of cool to see huh. yep because he had the the one greek lady that he was actually interested yeah. in that movie but that yeah for her he was kind of protective mm-hmm. like oh you know she's working for who, who ended up being the bad guy in the film, and it was like oh i gotta get her out of there mm-hmm. <laughs> i have to shave her i don't know why yep Roger Moore talk like that, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. So to redub the entire film with like a Sean Connery, you know, you know with AI today, we could do all these things. Oh no, we could. <laughs> Starts off, you just redub the whole film with the voice, and then over time, it becomes so great, you actually can put Sean Connery in the role. Works for me. <laughs> CGI him over like everyone. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh geez, I am terrified of what that's gonna do to yes. the movies. I, I don't, I don't like it because we think about that. Be cool for like, and we're like, that could be kind of cool. But then you have the people that are like, yeah. oh, you know what? I'm just gonna make like Trump every character, or I'm just gonna make like, oh, yeah. I'm just gonna make you know, pick any random person. This, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna make Pootie Pie every character. That'd be the only thing it would be kind of nice for is if you could do like the composite where for like adaptations of books. Mm. Where it's like, I want to make them actually look like the person described in the book. Yeah. But then, you know, real actors aren't getting hired, and I don't like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it would be kind of nice for, like, you can actually make them look, like, book accurate without having to do an animated form or something. Right. even half the time, animated forms don't look right. Yeah. Like, have you ever seen the animated, uh, was it the Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings? Yes. I've, saw, I've seen the animated Hobbit. Which oh, the, the, uh, the whole Lemony Winks thing from South Park got its inspiration from. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, every time I see that episode of South Park, I'm just like, yes, this is exactly the music that's in. <laughs> <laughs> but the Ralph, I think it's Ralph, yeah, the Ralph Bakshi for the uh, the Lord of the Rings. It was kind of funny because like Aragorn is accurate in that he doesn't have a beard because mm. Aragorn doesn't have a beard in the books. Right. But he looks like an, an Indian, like a, an American Indian. It's so weird. And he's oh, got, he like, does. This, this, uh, like, the, hair, the, hair, the hair is off, but the skin, I would agree. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he's got, like, a skirt on. It was kind of, it was, like, it was so funny because he doesn't have, like, pants. Like, what, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just got, like, a tunic and then uh, no pants. And no, it's so no weird. pants, no ties. Is that the one John Hurt did that's Legolas, one, yeah. yep. I think? I don't, oh, maybe. I don't John know. Hurt, I just remember yeah. Legolas is, like, John, he's, no, John he's, Hurt's like, Aragorn. Oh, Aragorn. Oh, Aragorn. Okay. Um, what I was Legolas looks like cross-eyed in that film. It's so weird. What I was saying yeah. is the, the reason it has that lack is because with the natives, the one thing I would say is different is we tend to have very um, straw-like straight hair, which they did not. Oh, yeah, that that is all, true. Yeah, all, the hair all, was like, all, all kinds of All the yeah. characters look like they have really bad takes off of afros in that, honestly, but just about. It's like. Yeah. They looked like they had this cross between like curly boy hair and afros, and it was really weird looking. <laughs> <laughs> Galadriel looks pretty good. I did, did like Galadriel on that one. Yeah. And look, I saw these as a kid. I get they were just trying to do this, and it was the era style kind of influenced it some, but it was kind of cringe at points too because of all that. So. Oh, no. Yeah. Now, fun thing about because uh, you're mentioning Legolas, Anthony Daniels actually did Legolas's voice. That's who it oh, is. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's kind of funny. I just think about like, like, hello, I am Legolas. I am Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> I speak 10,000 languages. <laughs> now I want that cut. I want the Lord of the Rings animated cut, but with C-3PO <laughs> as Legolas. Legolas. Yes. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> A Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But yeah, all I can remember from from that series of movies was was the old school Hobbit one. Just oh yes, Lemony Winks's journey has gone far and wide. That's all I remember. Frodo of the Nine Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But it's it's good. It's it's a heck of a lot better than the live action Hobbit films that we got. <laughs> Oh, I, it's one of those moments you see for those films it is one of those moments where i'm like i know objectively there are major problems yeah. mm -hmm. it is one of those ones where like i like it despite those things 
But I can recognize that despite my like of it and the like and how much mm-hmm. I like the character of Tariel, I actually liked Tariel. I wish they I I didn't think they did right by her by making her in a love triangle. I wish they would have just left it not a love triangle because yeah. they right. promised her they weren't going to do a love exactly. triangle and then they did. Yeah, and then they did. Yeah, and uh, I, I can I can I can understand that. I'm like, no, it's still got objective problems. I can still understand criticisms. I personally like it despite that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same as I have issues with it. So the I get they added a whole character because they wanted to have the female in it. That they a female. In it. And I, <laughs> you, you can argue that issue, but the argument I don't understand that I've heard several people take is that it automatically completely broke lore because elves and dwarves didn't get along. They still were very clear about that. And look, it's ba- it was basically they were trying to use the elves and dwarves warring as a way to do basically a fantasy version of Romeo and Juliet to it. That's yeah. what they were doing. And I, it doesn't actually break lore, but it is kind of corny and cheesy to add it. Well, it's kind of one of those things where it's like you can't say that two sentient people will never, ever, ever have one pair that liked each other. Yeah. Out of thousands yeah. of years, that's, that's never the, that's had it happen where one fell in love with another. That's mm-hmm. an argument I've seen that I don't it's get. Just not that, yeah. Because every time we historically, people- every time in history where there's been tribes or cultures or races or countries warring, there's always been people who crossed that line because they loved each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and very smaller periods of time, because we're talking like Lord of the Rings, you know, it's thousands of years mm-hmm. this has gone over. Mm-hmm. It's like, you, you can't tell me now it didn't happen once, right. you know? I do prefer by far, shout out to Hardwick, because I know he was the first person that uh, pointed me in the direction that there is a, it's a two-part Hobbit recut. It's a fan cut, yeah. and it's the Tolkien edit. So it only keeps the things that yes. are either in the book directly yeah. or at the very least closely associated with yeah. the book. Mm-hmm. See, I, yeah. have to give, I have to give those movies credit. Hey, yeah, Trying to stretch the Hobbit to the full length of Lord of the Rings was a bit awkward and weird. At the same time, Hobbit yeah. was written at a much faster pace with very little world-building time in it. So to get everything in it and actually have the scenes fleshed out, you do have to add a lot more than you had to with the other. Which I is just, a, a oh, bit they of left things out. Let me finish before you guys hear okay? <laughs> Please. So I get, I get there's issues on both ends of that because the book structure was different in both. And I have problems with things they added and took out of both, honestly. I like Lord of the Rings more. But some of the comments I've seen people make are so over the top. And yes, there's issues, but you've got to admit Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch did smog beautifully. Mm-hmm. I wish I remembered his smog, but anyway... <laughs> I do, because he actually the voice actually felt like the way they described the character. I never saw what is it? What's the yeah. what's the third movie? Uh, so that one would have been yes. Des- um, Desolation. Battle of the Five Army. Okay, yes, I, I, know, I the, never saw I never saw Army. that one. Yeah, yeah the Smog main one with his voice would have well. been Desolation. Okay, would have been the second one. Yeah, um, yep. And Orange Hat is right. There were decrees that it would have been extremely rare, but I still believe it would have happened, even just in. Because these are supposed to be humanoid life mm. forms, so they're yeah. supposed to have a lot of human emotion. Humans defy their leaders; they just do, especially when it comes to being told who and who they can love. Yeah. So I, it, it will occur on occasion. So, because I'm always of the mindset too, where it's like there's good things in there for sure. Like there's things yeah. that mm-hmm. I do like um, mm-hmm. that that are in the films. It's more of the like the the whole product, right? It's basically like. On the micro level, there's some really good stuff. On the macro level, mm-hmm. it just doesn't really 
I feel yeah. like it doesn't hold together as well. There's but, definite issues. Although yeah. compare it to the crap they're doing now, and it feels like gold. Oh, I mean, this trilogy compared to you know the you know the Rings of Rings Power, the Rings of Wokeness. As someone who's read like a lot of the background stuff from his notes, like the I have all sixteen volumes of the history of Middle Earth. I have. I've read all that. I've gone through Silmarini and all that. Yeah. Yes. And so, and then seeing the Rings of Power, I just I I I die inside. It's so awful. Because I'm just sitting there, like, oh, there there is no reason you couldn't have done it better. I I. I don't know what happened. And it's another one of those things where it's like, it's so embarrassing because one of the guys who's one of the showrunners is actually the same like religion as me. And you know, I'm not, we're not a huge religion, the Mormons. Uh, and oh. so it's, it's so frustrating when we get like representation and like that's the representation. And I'm like, Oh, oh, my gosh. oh don't speak for us. I'm sorry. The first no. thing that popped in my head when you said that about that was listening to Tim Hawkins and his jokes about Mormons. And hearing him go, yeah. if you can't make fun of yourself, <laughs> if you can't laugh at yourself, laugh at the Mormons. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but we have Tim Ballard. We have Tim Ballard from uh from oh, uh, Santa Frida. That, he's one of us. Oh, that. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay. I knew he was Christian. He's one of us. Yep. Okay. I, I'm yep. one of those that yep. thinks we should make fun of everybody in every group, but that way we're all the same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't mind. I, we've gotten it for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just. It's, I. I don't, it, getting mad just is unhelpful. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. I have boundaries, definitely, but uh, <laughs> I try and at least laugh at myself. So, <laughs> so what are your were... thoughts on the Book of Mormon, uh, the musical? Uh, the play and the musical? <laughs> Oof. Um, I think it's uh, pretty disrespectful, but it's yeah. not one of those things where like, I, 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 I'm huge upset about it. What's funny was our church tried to capitalize on it. They're like, you've seen the play, now read the book. <laughs> oh, my God. I will say this much though, it like as again because it definitely doesn't hold punches, but it does still portray Mormons, and this is I think very true as some of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Like they so, yeah. as like negative as it as it can be for sure, it's also like yeah, but it still come away from it saying, man, they're really nice. They are. Nice. Yeah, we took it in stride. I wasn't like super upset about it because the people behind it, they're the ones who did uh, South Park, yep. right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So uh, they don't. They they definitely uh, throw punches our way because they they've even done like a, a episode on Joseph Smith on yep. on that mm-hmm. <laughs> before. Dum, 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 um, dum. But I've never felt like they were they were never like mean or hateful, which is yeah. weird. Like they they definitely made fun of us, but I never felt like it was it was it was hateful. So I've never right. been upset by it's them because they make fun of everybody. You know, like, yeah, and that's yeah. and mm-hmm. that I think is something where comedians today or comedic writers just don't understand. Because now comedians are focused on only certain things and certain groups, whereas you have old school comedians who are actually funny, like, you know, Trey Parker, Matt Stone of South Park, where they're like, no, we just make fun of everybody. Like, we don't just make fun of Mormons. Uh, We make fun of every I mean, uh, let's just let's let's just remember the episode that they had to censor because they were trying to, you know, talk about Mohammed and everything. It's like, they don't hold punches on anybody. Let's go way back before them, actually, because and go back to something I grew up with, which is Williams and Ree, otherwise known as the Indian and the white guy. They've been touring mm. comedy mm. together in reservations and minority community locations and stuff like this over 50 years. And their whole point is to make so many jokes at every race, every community oh. culture that they unite through. They're all being made fun of. Mm-hmm. Three is from my tribe. So yeah. that kind of explains some of the mm-hmm. attitudes, Stark. I mean... <laughs> 
No. <laughs> just no a little bit. That's, how, that's, how, that's kind of how we get to it. And some of the um, tribal jokes I've made that have made you laugh over the years Odin, mm-hmm. were once some I've based off some of their skits and some are ones I swipe from them because I like them. So, <laughs> but just should tell you a little bit because they make constant fun of Indians. Uh, the main guy who started the team is Indian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they also take shots at everybody in every group. Mm-hmm. As it should. That's why um, yeah. Since since you know Book of Mormon, uh, Zane, do you also know Avenue Q? I know of it. Okay. Uh, they, I I don't know anything about it other it's than very I, similar. I know. There, there's a song in there called "Everyone's a Little Bit Racist." That's the name of the song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, I've seen that one. But it's like it goes after everybody, and you're just like, oh, yep. it's got a point. <laughs> yep. I, I, thought, I thought that was kind of funny. Like, don't necessarily yeah, agree ahead. with that phrase. I know I, I get the tongue in cheek can make it of it, but the whole thing that they do all the time where they say, "Well, everyone's got some bigotry." It's like, well, I don't think so. If you actually go straight to true bigotry versus mm-hmm. telling people they're bigoted because they acknowledge the differences we've had in history and adaption and medical and stuff that have occurred, because acknowledging the science behind we all adapt to the lands we come from and there's differences all, every culture has. Versus hating on people, viewing them as inferior or superior or stuff like that is a much different thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think their point was more just like everyone's got like not necessarily accurate or stereotypical views. Yeah. Of, of in, in the song, they actually explain it. They're like, no, we're not talking about big decisions, you know, like who to hire, you know, who to get a newspaper from or who to hire. No, we're just thinking like little decisions, like thinking that busboys, like Hispanic busboys should learn to speak gosh darn English. That's like, yes. How, how about um, anybody from any country who's here should learn to speak the language so they can interact with us? One, it, yeah, I agree. It's one of those things where it's like if an American went to like another country and didn't le- moved to another mm-hmm. country and didn't learn their language, mm-hmm. they those same people who criticize you for saying you know that someone should learn English if they move here. If you went to that country, they'd be like, "Well, you should have learned the language. Mm-hmm. That's colonialism." But that's Americanism. You know, it's like, well, you go to another country, yeah. and like, you don't speak English. Well, okay. To be fair, uh-huh. also, I'll make another point, which can be um, argued, debated, and stuff. But um, honestly, if you're going to have a, lang- a secondary language to this country, it shouldn't be Spanish, which was never a native language to this language to this country. It should be one of the na- most common native tongues spoken on the reservations, where people don't always have the ability to learn languages outside of the res. Yeah. Yep. The issue there is is more population sizes because yeah. we know, you know for a very variety of reasons, you know, that you know Spanish <laughs> is those people are not become the you know let's be statistically honest, most of the people who are coming here legally really want to learn the language, learn the culture and mm-hmm. understand it. the people who aren't, A, it's harmful to them because they don't have a means to get out, and not everybody mm-hmm. can learn the language. And that's what these liberals do is they use that to keep them as they're basically underpaying them for minimum wage, mistreating them, and what are they going to do? They don't speak the language, you know? And, yeah. and that's the part what are you do? Go to the Whereas mm-hmm. with the reservation issue, a lot of them, they do want to learn. It's the poverty level. It's being isolated from most of society because they're put out in the middle of nowhere. It's stuff like that that makes it harder. And they're still American citizens from birth and from love of the country. So there's a difference there which one to cater to one would actually be trying to help Americans become more of a part of the country versus one would be celebrating lawlessness. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen the movie under the same moon? I think is what it's called. Uh, I have not. What's it called again? It, 
under the same moon? No. I know I've heard this. It's about title. like this uh this this lady who'd moved to the United or illegally come to the United States to earn money and tries to send it back into her uh her son. And then he goes because he wants to go see his mom. He he has to go through the whole process of trying to come to the United States illegally. Um, yep, that's the one. Yeah. And the the lady, you know, the mom, uh, she gets fired from this one job, and she's like, "Well, no, you can't do that. You haven't. You, you can't not pay me for the stuff I did for you." And the lady hands her a phone's like, "Call the police, then." Ooh. You can't. You're an illegal alien. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like that's what they do. You know, it's like they keep them, you know, under hostage in a way because they're so much easier to exploit if they aren't legal. That's why mm-hmm. people who want them to come legally are more compassionate because otherwise you don't have these rights. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You can't call the police. That you get kicked out of the country. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. I say it looks at it. it's 2007 America Ferrera. So before she yeah. went, you know, cray cray. Um, yes. In more recent years, like in the Barbie movie. In certain movies that came out recently. Yeah, just certain pink movies, you know, uh, that that oh, loves to... Oh, that Pepto-Bismol <laughs> I guess the fact that Pepto-Bismol, that's, life. What, that's what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> and now, and now River's in the that... chair. In the chair. Yeah. Oh, there she is. <laughs> I guess uh, that was actually America Ferreira's husband in real life, the one that played him in the movie. Huh. I guess that's who she's actually married to. That's what I heard. I, I can't verify it. I had seen that before we got on stream. Okay. Wait, the, wait, 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 her. In Barbie, yeah, joined... I think that's her actual. Oh, in Barbie. Oh. In Barbie, sorry, sorry. I, I, take I, thought, in I, Barbie, I thought you were talking her... about this guy, uh, Eugenio no, 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 Derbez no, no, no. from that movie. <laughs> Did she no, just no, play sorry. Ugly Betty? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, a, American Ferrer's Ugly Betty. Yeah. Oh, okay. I kept hearing that name and I was like, why does that name sound so familiar? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Hood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Didn't see. I, I didn't see that. So. <laughs> I did. And then was she the Astrid from How to Train Your Dragon? Was she Astrid? Thought, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, she was. I think. Yeah. So. Yes, she was. One of the movies I like her in. I like that movie. The first yes. one. Yes. Actually, I like all of it. I love the How to Train Your Dragon stuff. So. Yeah. I just didn't want to see the last one because I was sad because they had to get rid of the dragons. Oh. Well. It, it, they it's sort not, of yeah. it has some sad moments to it, but it's not like they're like condemning or stuff like that. They found no spoiler, spoiler alert to people. They found them a homeland, so they actually he actually got a yeah. mate. Yeah, well, so that's kind of so there's there's good things about it. I just was like, oh, yeah. I know they had said going into it, they're like, well, how come there aren't dragons anymore? We tackle that in this movie, and I'm like, oh, so we have to explain why there aren't dragons anymore. So they have to go somewhere. <laughs> well, don't worry, you're getting the live action version of it. So. Oh, God. <laughs> Get ready for another live action remake. Another live action remake. all the voice actors in the role because they're all still alive. Starring <laughs> random girl from Star Wars. She's in everything. Wait a minute, is that Freckle Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> is Gary Costner? <laughs> Well, who was it? <laughs> oh, what's her name from? Uh, she's been in. Uh, she's been. In she so was in Solo, wasn't she? And Solo or Rogue One. Oh, Phoebe Waller Bridge. No, 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 no. It's the one. Julia Clark. No, it's the one. Gary. Oh, she's biracial. I think I'll she's got this. Oh, oh, the one from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes, oh. J- Gary calls her freckled Jesus. I don't know why. They, that <laughs> I, I, I think she's a bad actress. I think 
that she keeps getting cast in these roles that are awful. <laughs> oh, she was in Willow too, I think. Yes. Oh, was she in Willow? Oh no. Yes. <laughs> she's in everything that tanks a franchise. As I said, wow, she's she's, she's in everything. <laughs> and she plays the worst character in everything too. Yes. Second worst in solo. Second yeah, worst in Aaron solo. Kellyman. I'll just think Yeah, it. it's crazy because she actually is, I think, black. Yes. But, uh, she's black or bi white. She's English. Yeah, she's Oh, and she is. Oh, she, she's from England, but I think she's biracial. I think. Okay. Her, her family. When you show a picture of her family, her family's all black. Mm. Okay. But she had a. She that's was, why she has the freckles. She was good in the Green Knight. Stuff. How do you spell her name there? Uh, Aaron Kellyman. I I I kind of see her. I hated her character in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. I could I could not stand her. She was the worst person ever. I don't know. Infus Nest, who was she was in <laughs> Solo. I'll just keep calling her. She wasn't terrible in Solo. I just she was the miscast. movie itself was bad. She was miscast yeah. because she's beating up, you know, bigger dudes. Yeah, adult when she was supposed to be like fifteen. Yeah. Like no, and it's not even in a way where you're like, oh, that makes sense. It's in that way with oh, it was like her armor was like powered with like robotic stuff. You know, yeah. no, she was just oh, she's so cool because you know, yeah. um, she's actually, a young woman. Verified to this from what he said, he is actually correct. Looked up to track down the ethnicity origins, and it actually says that she's part Irish and part Jamaican. Oh, oh okay. So that's where she gets the red, and, and from yes. yeah. as yes. where she actually grew up. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I can see both in her, both with the red and the darker skin. Yeah, yep. And, and River, she just wasn't as dark as I some of her family. Dog. It was kind of odd. <laughs> but say, and River's like, huh? You talking about my favorite actress? I like her. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's I like my favorite. <laughs> I feel like I could be her one day. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just a dog. <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, I, I didn't want to hide her. Oh, I'm sorry, Riff. I'm sorry, River. Oh, the dog went away. <laughs> I brought I brought her back. There I brought her back. <laughs> uh so Tina. Yes. Yeah. Hi. Was there anything else that you wanted to uh to share? Good sir? Zane. Oh, <laughs> um, nothing that wouldn't take uh, a long time. I have okay. other movies I got were uh, just I got the complete uh, series of Johnny Quest on Blu-ray. Oh. It's very pretty. Oh nice. my god! Uh, I love Johnny Quest. Johnny, the original Johnny Quest from the fifties. Yes. I think it's so funny because the show is so inexplicably violent. I know. And it's it's it's, it's for a cartoon too. show, and it's like people just die left and right, and you're like, <laughs> what the heck? My favorite was like there was this one where like there's like these yetis and they're in the himalayas and like this guy's gonna get johnny and then like haji pushes the guy off the ledge yeah. and the guy falls to his death and i'm like did that 10 year old just kill someone <laughs> <laughs> so crazy and then like they escape and they come back and like a real yeti had come and killed like all the people oh, they come back oh, and like wow. everyone's dead and they're like whoa what happened and i'm like holy crap is that just a, an entire building of dead people and it's like the yeti had come and killed all of them because it, they were imitating him oh, it was like holy gosh this show this show and there's one episode where like uh that they would never be able to show on tv ever again because uh they they meet up well most of the show because they co constantly come in contact with natives. Yes, and uh, there's one where like they captured like uh, Johnny Quest's dad and uh, Johnny Quest's dad's life partner mm -hmm. bodyguard, mm -hmm. um, uh, who I'm pretty sure they always make fun of them being together. But it, you watch the old show and there's like one shot where uh, Doctor Quest is looking out the window and like Race is sitting there in a speedo like. <laughs> 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 um, 
What's the what, subtext what's, what's, at this point? What's going on here, guys? <laughs> I, like this big picture window and race is just posing in a speedo out front of it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what subtext at this point. Oh, um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, like there's one part where race comes to try and rescue uh, Dr. Quest. And he's like spouting all this racist stuff at the, the natives who'd captured him. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so awkward. But I'm so glad I have a physical copy because they would only ever either not show it or modify it, and yes. I, I like. Yep. I, I agree with you, Odin. You mm-hmm. got to get physical copies anymore. Yes, absolutely. As bad as it is, and I know it's bad. They shouldn't do it, but it was also like I don't want to act like it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. It happened. Yep. As a history major, you can't erase the past. You can't do that. They talk about that in 1984. You know, it's a uh, you know an ever eternal present. You know, the past doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. There's no future. It's just whatever mm-hmm. is. You know. So. And if you want a great film that gives commentary on that subject, The Last Jedi, let the past die. Yeah. Kill it if you Kill have it to. If you have to. That's what they do. So. Brilliant words from Ryan Johnson, everybody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of past that he would like to uh, not have gotten oh, out about himself. I'm sure it is. <laughs> well, Zane, thank you very much. Like when he purged it. his like his history and in, in Facebook. Oh, oh yeah. it glitched. And all my stuff got erased. It just happened that way. Kind of like those thousands of tweets that disappeared yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's like, oh, that yep, oh. that was just a glitch, and I don't know where they went. Oh, all those dear. things that showed I was a jerk. Oh, yep. dear. We were just using the Blit Beach that, how did you know, that, happen? that Hillary had yeah. used. Same, same yep, programs. Yep. You know. What, oh. put a wipe on her or something? I don't know. <laughs> with, a, with a towel? With a towel? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how these things work. <laughs> Well, Zane, thank you. Anyway, that's all. Thank you, thank you, yep. thank you for sharing, man. And uh, the lovely Tina. Yes. Tina, what have you been watching? Well, I am trying to watch more and more movies, even in black and white, because it helps. I think it helps me emotionally. And I don't want to feel like, I mean, that's been a part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, but I did find my baby sister, me and her have been talking on a regular basis and i bought her the copies of rebecca she's seen the movie she had never read the book and i was like okay i'm gonna go on ebay and buy you the book she also had never read gone with the wind even though we had all seen the movie and i was like oh i'm gonna get you a copy and she asked me when i moved did i find our mother's first edition copy of it and i said no i never never found it i don't know where it's at and um but yeah i was reminding her okay when you read the book remember there's going to be a lot of characters and situations in there that will not be shown (laughs) in gone with the wind and she said yeah your mommy told told me that and uh, and I said, again, yeah, Ashley comes across a whole lot better in the book than he did in the movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, let me take my Ashley. Ashley. Anytime I, <laughs> anytime I hear, I have always have to think about Ashley. Ashley. Well, it was so sad kind of in a way for Leslie Howard because his, um, oh shoot, his test with Vivian Lee, they did the barn scene. And mm-hmm. his test 
screen turned out very well. He was supposed to do another project for the studio and they kind of misled him so that he didn't get this part in, in a movie he really wanted to do. So that's why his performance is kind of flat and gone with the wind. Mm. It's just sometimes when you're looking at him, number one, Leslie Howard is way too old to be playing Ashley. Ashley was supposed to be maybe 10 years older than Scarlett and she's yeah. 16. So he's way too old for her. But then there's sometimes where it's like, Wow, he is he has no life whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> and he is so lifeless and you hate him. But yeah, he's a whole lot better in the book. But as far as the movies I've seen, I've got them listed on my letterbox. I've been trying to get back into that again. I have no idea if I saw the Ten Commandments the last time I was on The Chosen or not, but I have it listed. And it was just so wonderful seeing how beautiful that movie is. And I know it's over three hours, but it's like, yeah, but by the time you get to the end of it, it's, it, you've learned so much. You've gone through all of this with the characters and you don't mind that it's three hours. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, at least for, for me. And uh, the funny thing is, and I think Mr. Roy read the book after I had suggested it, but uh, the biography on Cecil B. DeMille. DeMille was working on at least three other projects when he died. So this was not intended to be his final movie. Mm. So uh, he was working on one about the founding of the Boy Scouts. He wanted David Niven to be in it. I love David Niven. I forgot what the other two movies were, but <laughs> they don't make them like this anymore. They yeah. really don't. Did they ever release the ones that he had? Like, were they at a point where they could release the ones that he was still working on? Or were they kind of early uh, he, in there? He, ne he never made them. He had storyboarded them. Okay. He was working with Paramount about the funding. And then, you know, he passed away. So I think officially The Ten Commandments is his last movie. But there's another movie. Oh, the Buccaneer. Uh, he... The director of that was his then son-in-law, Anthony Quinn. Mm. And he and Quinn always bashed heads because there were two, they were two alpha males. Um, and the Buccaneer is about Jean Lafitte. Okay. And uh, Andrew Jackson. Yeah. And Charlton Heston plays Andrew Jackson and Yul Brenner plays Jean Lafitte. And if you listen to it, you'll hear the musical beats from the Ten Commandments. And oh, you're wow. like, you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's when Moses came. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, but that's the Buccaneer. It's not one of my favorite movies, but like I said, DeMille produced it because okay. I think he knew he was really sick. And his son-in-law was the one who actually directed the movie. Yeah. So as far as the other movies I've seen... I, Rewatched the third man. Uh, there's a YouTuber I always talk about called Classics. Mm -hmm. He was showing it, and I was like, okay, I'm going to look at that. And he's gotten to where he shows the black and white version, and he'll also do a colorized version. So mm. you can choose either one. But Third Man's an extraordinary movie. When I was talking to my nephew, and he was just like, oh, yeah. I, and he was like pointing out the different. Uh, shots and the 
Dutch angles and everything. And I said, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> is is this the film where it has one of the best intros oh my to God. a film with the car, uh, with the bomb in the um in the trunk of the car it doesn't have the bomb in the trunk of the car i'm but thinking of like, a different movie okay but it's like when orson wells finally makes his appearance it's like this cat goes down to the alley to meet him because uh, the cat he's the only one the cat likes and you see his feet but you don't see him exactly but then in a later scene it's like the camera zooms in on him and he's hiding in the shadows mm. and it's just like it's such a beautiful scene with that zither music playing in the background i just i don't know i, just, <clears throat> I love that and let's see oh the next movie i saw was the first time i've ever seen blythe spirit um it's free on youtube and it was like, it popped up in my recommendations and I was like, okay, I have heard of this movie, but I've never seen it. And I knew that Rex Harrison was in it, but it's about, it's set in England and it's about this widower who is now remarried and through some fluke of this medium that he's doing research on, his dead wife comes back. I was wondering what this image was where, oh, she's a ghost then. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he's got his... That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, so it's like he's got the dead wife and the live wife. And all the ghosts in the movie are that color. I can see that green very vividly. And it's just all the trouble that he has trying to balance having these two women now in his life. Mm -hmm. And trying to get the crazy medium to get rid of the dead wife since he's remarried. <laughs> Um, this has another one of those amazing uh, taglines. Elvira is the kind of gal who can turn an evening into a night you'll never forget. Oh my god. That's as far as I'll go with the movie. It has a few little twists to it, and I don't want to give those away. But let's just say it's it's very it's very crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's one of those typical English drawing room comedies. Okay. So, uh, the other movie, well, I rewatched this. I found it for free. Oh, really quick. Did, did uh, Rex Harrison talk sing in that movie? He did not sing at all. Talk sing or he, sing. Because <laughs> he always talk sings. He he talks in rhythm to, yeah. to songs. He doesn't ever sing. Yes. It, it's so funny. Like you watch him in other movies. It's like. No, don't just talk. Sing. You're supposed to sing. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because the first movie when I was a little girl, the first movie I ever saw with Rex Harrison was Doctor Doolittle. Yes. And yep. Talk. I kept saying, saying, how come he's not singing like anybody else? But he's talking. <laughs> Everyone else is like singing. He's like just talking in rhythm. It's so funny. Exactly. And of course, My Fair Lady. I. He talks all through it. Talks. Yep. Why can't a woman be more like a man? He just talks through the song. I'm like, no, there's music in the background, and he's just talking. I, I know, <laughs> but I guess it was like, okay, we got sexy Rexy. Hey, what, what, what else do we need? <laughs> anyway, Audrey Hepburn apparently. Audrey Hepburn, yeah. What just... With someone else doing her singing voice. <laughs> it was Marnie, I think it was Marnie Nixon, because she also. Oh, she sang i think for natalie wood in west side story i think so oh 
And I think the voice, the, the voice, the singer is actually, is she, she black, I'd heard? Oh, I had not heard that. I, I would have to look it up. That's what someone told me, but I haven't ever looked it up. Please let me know. West Side that, Story? That, that's interesting. Yeah, the singing voice for uh, Audrey Hepburn and then Natalie Wood. And then Natalie Wood, yeah, West Side Story. So, but, um, oh, the other movie, let's see, I saw, well, rewatched it. I rewatched a lot of movies, but it's, it helps a lot. Uh, Dragon Wick. That was also free on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And Dragon Wick is the first thing that caught my attention was this is another 20th Century Fox release that didn't have the famous fanfare that we're all used to hearing. It goes right into the movie. It was the same way with the Ghost and Mrs. Muir. Um, there's another one that doesn't have the fanfare. But that was the first thing that caught my attention. I had never noticed that before. But Dragon Wick has the beautiful Jean Tierney and Vincent Price. And I remember they were in Laura together. And um, the Jean Tierney character is a farm girl in Connecticut. Her family is very religious, uh, very, you know, they're kind of puritanical. And her mother receives a letter from one of those like third cousins, three times removed. Uh, who is Vincent Price, and he wants their daughter to come to his estate in Dragonwick to be a companion to his daughter, his little girl. And so Jean Tierney sees this as a great opportunity because she's always wanted to know about the rich and famous. And Vincent Price, I never knew they had this type of system in this country. He's one of these New York... I can't even call him a farmer or a landlord. He's almost like a duke or an earl. But it's like he's lording over his farmland in New York. And, of course, Dragonwick is to break the state. And the people have to come and pay homage to him. Like once a year at harvest time. And it's, it's very, it's very, very odd. He'll talk about, like, Martin Van Buren. Like, oh, he's my friend. And it was just kind of, it was very interesting, but he and Jean Tierney end up falling in love, and his wife mysteriously dies, and there's a possible ghost in the story. <laughs> so uh, it's very gothic. Mm. So, uh, and Vincent Price was very young in that before he became the king of horror. So, but he and Jean Tierney have a always had a wonderful chemistry with each other. They have a good chemistry in Laura. So, yeah, when I saw Dragonwood popped up and I was like, oh, let me look at that again. And <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. There's a Wimpole Street. That was the Norma Shear version. Um, oh, shoot. I can't remember who played. But it's about Elizabeth Barrett and Robert Browning. And she was an invalid father was very tyrannical controlled the entire household with an iron wheel it was like none of you can get married or anything uh elizabeth started a correspondence with robert browning her father did allow browning to come and visit her and this is kind of the story of how the two of them fell in love and how he pretty much helped her escape 
from her family home. And they went to Italy together. I mean, that's a, that's a true story, but her father was so monstrous that when Elizabeth left, he thought she had left her little dog behind. He was gonna have the dog murdered because it was like, I'm gonna get my last vengeance on her. And she has said in her letter, I've taken the dog. But uh, Charles Lawton played the father in the updated version, in the uh, past version, I think it was from the 1930s. So yeah, it's pretty good. If you're interested, that's a biopic. No nudity. They didn't shoot in IMAX or anything. So, uh, uh, so no Florence Pugh in a chair. No Pugh in a chair. No. Uh, so if you're kind of interested in that sort of thing, I uh, yeah, I would say give it a watch. And I watched another biopic. Hadn't seen it in years, and it's free on YouTube. Uh, that Hamilton Woman, which starred Sir Lawrence Olivier and his then wife, Vivian Lee, who's better known for playing Scarlett O'Hara. And she plays uh, Lady Emma Hamilton. Uh, she's married to a diplomat in Naples, and he plays Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson, who is one of my heroes. Very flawed. Uh, this was a World War II sort of propaganda movie because Nelson defeated the French fleet at Trafalgar. He died at Trafalgar, but they drove back the French fleet. The French never tried to invade England by sea. So that's what the story is about. It's about his affair with uh, Emma Hamilton. Hmm. And uh, it's very beautiful. The two of them work well, quite well together. Um, and I would say it's kind of factual because Emma Hamilton did fall into poverty after Nelson died. Uh, her late husband didn't leave her anything. Nelson couldn't leave her anything. She did have a child by Nelson. And the nation continued to revere him as the great hero he was, but Emma kind of just fell into poverty and ended up, uh, I think in Calais, and was just a drunk with no money. And it's, it's, it's kind of sad. I mean, Vivian Lee plays her a lot more sympathetic than the woman was in real life. So, so it was nice seeing that, which then made me, I started, I'm still trying to do deep dives on occasion. The admiral who fought for the French against Nelson, his last name, I think I've mentioned it before, was Villeneuve. Oh, kind of like Denis Villeneuve. Like Denis. Now, I don't know if they're related or not. Uh, if they are, he really shouldn't talk about that. <laughs> but not something uh, to be proud of. Not I, I, something to be proud of. No. Okay. But uh sometimes if I bring the, the letters up close enough and I have enough time where I can put the letters together, I know what the I'm reading. Okay, I was curious about what happened to Villeneuve after Trafalgar, since this was a massive defeat. Mm -hmm. Villeneuve came up dead 
with six stab wounds, I think it said, and it was ruled a suicide. <laughs> okay. They said there are still great questions. And I said, well, like how do you stab yourself six times? How do you stab yourself six times? But then I said, how do you commit suicide by cutting off your head with a circular saw? Yes, I worked that scene. So maybe he did try to do it six times. I don't oh know. Goodness. But I thought that was interesting. But no, I got into some talks on Discord. I know that Ridley Scott is doing a Napoleon movie. And I got into some discussions on Discord about Stanley Kubrick wanting, at one time, he wanted to do a Napoleon and never got a chance to. I don't see it being financially feasible, but I do want to see it if I can, because I just don't know what to expect from Ridley Scott, though. Mm. I, I just, I don't know. And I'm He's sure so why. miss. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix will be just fine as Napoleon, but I'm like, okay, but where is Ridley Scott going to go with this movie? But it's kind of gotten me off on the, uh, I've been listening to a lot of audio books. I want to rent, uh, I want to buy this audio uh, biography on Napoleon. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I started thinking that I went to England in t- 2005. Uh, it was the bicentennial of the Battle of Trafalgar. So I got to go on board the, the Victory, which was the flagship for the British Navy. And I got to see the spot where Nelson, when the assassin on the French ship, when he fired the shot and Nelson fell, I got to see the spot where he fell and also uh, where he passed away. And that same year they were also doing an exhibition it was a a nelson and napoleon exhibition so you got to see both of these men's lives and i think napoleon is really fascinating on a certain level i know what he was trying to do but there's some things about him that i can admire Mm -hmm. so uh but i'm really curious about ridley scott's version it's got me wishing that <clears throat> they would finally release the uh, British Film Institute's restoration of Abel Gans's Napoleon. I think they got it back to six hours. And it's... It, was, that it's the ori- a, was that the original length? That Yes, it's about six hours. Okay. I've seen like the two-hour version. It is a silent movie. It's extremely vivid. Um, he does a shot at the end that's in what they call the triptych, which is almost like 1920 CinemaScope because you've got three cameras going all at one time showing the three-layered strip. I guess that's what you would call it. And each strip is colored. One is in red, one is in white, one is in blue, which is the French national colors. And you see the French troops marching, and of course it ends ends very beautifully because Napoleon has gotten a major victory. So that's where the movie ends. Mm -hmm. It doesn't end with him on uh, St. Helens or anything. So, uh, but we cannot get the movie in this country for some reason. It's only on Region 2. So, So, um, I definitely would recommend if you ever get a chance to see Abel Gans' Napoleon, definitely do, because it's 
it's one of those hallmarks of the silent era. Mm -hmm. I I just wish that they, yeah, I wish we could get the full version here in uh, the United States. So, but yeah, I'm I'm curious about Ridley Scott's movie. Like mm -hmm. you said, he is hit and miss these days. Yeah. And uh, I want to see Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, a friend gave me a copy of the book when I, we were all on the Panama Canal cruise and he had just finished it. And he said, well, I know you're in your, you do crime scene investigation. You might be interested in reading it. And the book was quite good. So I'm curious to see what the movie is like. Yeah. Those are the only two movies that I'm kind of looking forward to. And my brother said, if I want to try to go see them, uh, he'll go with me. And so I'm looking, looking at both of these, like, this is another hurdle. That'll be another hurdle for me. So my brother did mention, he said, Dune 2 will be out. And I said, yeah, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> so nah. uh, pro probably not. Yeah, my baby sister keeps saying that is probably one of the most unnecessary sequels. No, remakes. That's what mm. she called it. That's probably so <laughs> So we've got, the, we say New Dune, and we say, when we say Dune, we're talking about the old version. We say yeah. New Dune, we're talking about the new one. So. <laughs> Honestly, with, with Dune, I've never been a fan of the movies. I've always thought they just smelled really flat of the books, even the original. I, 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 I read all of the books till Emperor Emperor Dune, Dune Emperor, whatever the name of it was. It's been it's been twenty years since I've read those. Uh, that was the last one I read, and then I was like, okay, I think I'm done with Dune. Let me let me get back to uh, Riders of Dragon Riders of Pern. I prefer that. So, oh. <laughs> so that's I like those I think books too, actually. Yeah, nice. Pern, yeah, the, that was one I always wanted to see made into a movie, and now I'm like. No, do not want a movie version of Dragon Riders of Pern ever. Not this climate. Not in this climate. Nope. No, because at this point, sadly, I'm just ready to go back to all the old stuff that I have. And when I'm talking old, I'm talking about like Master and Commander in 2003, Lord of the Rings. I'm ready to go back to those. And it's just like, you know what? Hollywood can go on strike for, for eternity. I If they're talking about a Mattel cinematic universe, my head's going to explode. I know. It's so weird. They're like, Uno and uh, Eight Ball. And I'm like, how do you make a movie out of there? <laughs> well, well, well they're, when they're talking about, well, J.J. Abrams is going to make Hot Wheels. Oh, oh, why? Why? <laughs> why would you want a movie of that anyways? B, why yeah. him of all people? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God. He's a visionary. I liked Alias, and that was about it. Alias was good, yes. and then I haven't liked anything else that he's done. I, I would agree. And there's some Even kind that of I found overrated um it, it had parts where yeah it had, I, it had I, okay stuff but it was still it, I, it was nowhere near as good as other stuff i didn't yeah baby bradley cooper and that yeah was i didn't mind star trek 2009 the first time i saw it mm. but then when i started thinking more about it and i saw it again i was like oh this movie has some real issues to yeah. it I, I liked it. I knew I would understand, though, as someone who had, you know, when Star Wars got 
taken by Disney, I definitely understood why 2009 Star Trek was not well liked. I'm like, oh, that's why you don't like yeah. it. <laughs> like, okay. It ruined it. I understand it now. Kills the hell out yeah. of Trek. It really just destroyed. Oh, geez. I mean, they blew up Vulcan, the planet oh, Vulcan. Know. Let's look at the basic structure. Trek was always signed, yeah. or while it had some action stuff and it had some things like that, it was mostly intellectual. It was mostly communication, conversation. Yeah. It was mostly talking about situations. Yes, it was actually a little bit nerdy. It was very much based on scientific debates and discussions and social discussions. It was never an action flick. So well, turning it I... into it, it just felt <laughs> like you're trying to make Star Trek Star Wars, and there's a reason the two are separate. Yep. Yeah, um, and I definitely feel like. Oh, oh no! Go. I was just gonna say I, I I've just come to a point I and I hate this because I, I saw my first movie when I was three. My uh, my mother took me to see it, and I, I I just hate what motion pictures have become. And I mean, when you sit around and start talking about a Mattel Cinematic Universe, my heart's broken yeah. I'm just like, I'm You're saying they're going, well that's it in society i'm 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 out i'll go pull all my old movies off my shelf and watch them and, yeah. but i got i can't do it and i can't do it anymore i just can't i know they're gonna monetize everything rant about stuff yeah. does leave my chin and playing with me this does not work. <laughs> I mean, occasionally, like I said, uh, I, I have hopes that Ridley Scott will have a good Napoleon. I saw the trailer for Killers of the Flower Moon before I got sick. I have hopes for that, but as far as Hollywood in general, all I can say is I'm so glad I didn't become a film critic because i had thought I wanted to be one. I thought it would be wonderful. I couldn't see all these terrible movies over be and a over again. Film critic, write stories and things based on the critiques that, and reviews of old movies. That's almost what we're going to have to start doing because I I'm done with I'm done with I, modern day. I could probably me and you would probably disagree on some of the old movies because I have this vitriol hatred for so many of the different romance stories, including some of the ones that are most beloved. That and some of them are ones that you've talked about liking. It's like I don't. You can stick the war in it. I still don't like the romantic message in it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's like with um, yeah. Cause I told my baby sister. I said, "Oh, Wuthering Heights is on YouTube," and we both agreed. At least they entered the chapter seven. <laughs> the rest of the book. The rest of the book. The rest of the book is terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. So it was like, yeah, the movie coming off at the white point. Kathy died. That's it. That's that's it. If you look at most of the classic so-called romance, and I even have some of these issues with some of the classic movies like Casablanca and those. I don't like the romance story that's in it. At How all. dare you? How dare oh my you? God, Casablanca! Oh, no, no, no. Don't you go after you Casablanca? Can, you can go after the rest of the movie. The war stuff is good and stuff, but I don't like the message of the romance story in it. And this is a problem I have with most romance stuff. It's not about uplifting a traditional family in any way. It's always about you. You have a thing for your ex, who's somebody else's person now, or you're married and you want somebody else. Or it's never good examples of romance. 
but that's why it and ends the way it does. It just. I, 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 I was gonna I, say I, they did end I, it right. That. They did I, end I, it right. I, I don't like the overall the romantic side of it at all. But the I, only thing you can criticize. Well, let me let me finish. No, no. The only thing you can criticize. The only thing you can criticize is the scene where you show Humphrey Bogart smiling in the car. That's the only scene that you can criticize because it's cringe. Anyway, you're obsessing over a minute part of a point, and you're not actually listening. Because Listen I was trying to make a point too. Obsess. Listen to the point before you obsess over one of the factors I listed. I have issues with that romantic storyline being used so much again. I mean, look at even what's considered the greatest romance stories written in historical literature, from Madame Bovary to Jane Eyre and all those. They're horrible stories if you actually look at what they say and what they promote. Jane Eyre, she grows up in an abusive boarding school where she, her and her classmates are beaten like hell and the school half of her classmates die from disease because they're malnourished and not cared for and she becomes a teacher there and is promoting the same behavior that hurt her as a kid and then it's goes an after school comedy it, it, it's, it's so <laughs> over the top and the whole and, and that's what all these romance things were I've ne- I've, I'm a hopeless romantic but when it comes to things they actually call romance, they make me cringe most of the time. You know? I love I, I get I get what you're saying. <laughs> oh, I, does anybody <clears throat> recall the name of this movie? I was telling my sister about it. Julianne Moore and Ray Fiennes are in it together, and he's playing uh, Graham Greene, the author journalist. And she's married to someone else, and he, they end up breaking up, and she dies of, I think, breast cancer at the end. Does anybody remember the name oh. of that movie? The only other, the only film I could think about that she, man, no, Julian, no. Hmm. I was I, having a hard time remembering her name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do love that I can mention those ones because it will get such a rise, but I didn't actually say even the movie was bad or other stuff. I said the message in the romance part of it is not a good message. But the ending of the message you have to include. You're only looking at one part of the message. Oh, the I didn't. End. No, I didn't. Because I'm he lets her whole- go. He lets her go back to, and she is, because he knows within her that she thinks that she's still in love with him, but no, she's no, really no, not. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm getting at. Again, you're obsessing but no, that's over the, the message. That, that is, that no, is the romantic listen, message. Listen, listen. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're obsessing over the fact that I criticize something about a beloved classic. You're not. No, you're it's making the, a, it's, no I'm going after the specific in. romantic oh, part. If you want to know what I'm criticizing, you have to let me say it. I am listening to you you're say not. it. And, and, no, you're yes, not. I am. I haven't finished it once. Every time I try to explain to you what I'm getting at, you interrupt me. And then and I let you ranting. finish and it doesn't change. Oh, before you and I'm not saying it's not classic. I'm not saying it doesn't have great to it. I'm saying the idea of he's obsessed with this woman who's his ex, who's now married to somebody else, is not a good message overall. Yes, at least he does the right thing at the end, but it's not a good romance message. Is what all I was getting at. You guys are like obsessing that. Oh, it's a classic movie. It's all this. I was like, I didn't say any of that. What? Listen, if you cut the movie off the there, you'd be right. I said, as a romance movie, it doesn't have great messages. But you have to finish the movie. That, that, that's a I part of it. 
I'm raising my hand like I'm in class right now. <laughs> no, I, 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 I need to Somebody just called, so I told them I would read. I messaged them to tell them I would return this their is why call. I didn't laugh okay, if you know, I really need to comment. I don't know what's Tina. considered classic about what's considered wonderful. Rosetta, I'm you trying to listen single... to Tina. Tina, what, what, sorry, do you have to go, Tina? Yes, I had a okay. phone call that I missed, and I messaged them back and told them I would call. Sharon's coming to visit me in two weeks, so oh, okay, okay. She's probably going to give me her flight information. But Zen, Zen, am I saying your name right? <laughs> Zane. Zane, just say Zane. Like Zane, great. Like Zane, great. Okay. Yes, it, it, it's similar. Okay. Yep. It was very nice to meet you. It was nice to meet you too, Rosetta. It was nice seeing you again. Even though you're fuzzy, but everybody's fuzzy. <laughs> uh, we all love you, Tina. You know that. Thank, thank and, you. Mr. Roy, I don't know if Mr. Roy is... He left. He had, he had to go. Okay. Well, tell him I said yeah, hello. He did. Okay. I will see you all on Discord. And thank you so much for uh, having me on this morning. Bye, Willow. <laughs> It's, no. it's river. It's river now. It's river in the chair. But also, oh, oh, okay. Bye, bye, River. Bruce saw you in the chat earlier, and he got very excited. So Bruce wanted you oh, to know that he said hello. And, thank yes. you. Well, you all can find me on Discord or Gilded. I talk a lot on Discord <laughs> about everything. We did get to talk about UFOs, and uh, we didn't are they real? That's all I need to know. Are they real? I think there's something. Mm. The government UFOs are called they're unidentified flying objects. So mm -hmm. it's something. Oh, and Splash Mountain is probably haunted. Oh yeah, I heard that. Whoa, that, whoa. that that there. You have to tell them after I'm gone. But <laughs> okay, yes, I will. It's supposedly yep. haunted, but Walt is back and he's pissed. So there you go. Oh. Wow. <laughs> okay. okay. Alden, can you sign me off? I absolutely can, Tina. Thank, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. You all take care. Take care, right. sweetie. Okay, then. Bye now. Bye. Now, so, Rosetta, what was your point? point? I was trying to get at is that as a romance, it's not good. As a coming of growth, as dealing with the war, as dealing with him growing as a person and not chasing that which he shouldn't have anymore and stuff, it's a good story. As romance, it's not. Which is the only point I was trying to make, but you got so offended. <laughs> I love that you, if you mention a classic and have any criticism, it's the easiest way to get people to get mad. I'm getting <laughs> mad because you're going after a part of the film. But again, part oh, of the romance story after. is the decision he makes at the end of but, the movie. That's that, a part that, that's of the not, romance story. That's not, a, that's not a romance story. That's a growth story. That's what I'm getting at. Because It's, it's a part not, of the romance, though. Like, like, it's you're, not, you're disconnecting them when they're they're no, part of the same story. I'm saying that those are separate parts of it. The romantic side of it, the tell that she he's still in love with her, all this stuff, isn't a great message. But the fact that he overcame that, he left it, he was not willing to break up a marriage, is a growth and maturity story. But he still loves her, so it's romance difference. too. No. Yeah, it's growth romance, in the romance. romance no. It's romance about their about relationship. Falling in love and it's about their relationship. Together. That's what the romance part is. You can have a relationship and not necessarily have it be romantic. And that's why it I starts think. off that way. And guess what? The relationship grows. I think I think it's also important to note for that it, it, it's, it's a complicated situation because they thought 
was it they thought her husband was mm -hmm. dead and then he wasn't mm -hmm. and so i think it's one of those things it's kind of like the song uh lips of an angel where it's like oh well talking to his ex-girlfriend when he shouldn't it's like okay well sometimes you don't notice these things until later and then you're like oh hey this is what's going on and then you choose to forego temptation and the thing you shouldn't be doing and uh so i think that's kind of what's happening in this situation it's like you get swept up it was such a weird situation you had no idea that this was even going to happen and then you have to have time to process and then he did come to the right conclusion which is I'm going to let her go. It's not right to, when she's got a husband, to run off but with her. The, the fact is, you guys are not getting the fact that I'm breaking it down to each component. Because, yes, they a part of it. story. No, no. I keep listening to this. You're not letting me finish my point. I am. But you're no, saying the same really thing not. every time, and it's still I, not changing it. Odin, I have to restart if you interrupt because of my brain issues. So okay. every time you interrupt, I well, have to well, restart. Tell us, tell us when you're done. So please, tell us when you're done, and then, then we'll talk. Then we'll talk. You have to break things down to their components. If, as a writer, as somebody creating stories, the romance part is the interaction between loving each other, and that drop that was put aside. The growth story is the main story, not the romance. Is where when people call it a romance, it's tragedy. If you call it romance, it's not a positive romance. And while some of those tragedies can be great. If you throw away things like love story, um, <laughs> tragedy can't be the only types of romance that are actually written with any depth. And that's the problem you see. Every romantic story that's treated like it's gold standard, it's got these horrible romance stories that never end well or have horrible subplots. And that's the part I was getting at. It's that there's no portrayals of a deep, intellectual story where people fall in love and actually have a happy happily ever after L romance is treated like a tragedy or lust usually which is the point i was getting at now overall as a movie as a story the war the, his growth and all that that's a completely separate issue i was just using it as a one people would recognize and understand to say that the I'm still in love with somebody who's married to somebody else part is not a positive way to view romance. And we have too few positive romance stories in a culture to show people that side of love, which was the point I was getting at. Not saying the movie's bad, not saying any of that. I love that if you use certain examples, it gets people heated, even if you're not saying anything that's actually negative. <laughs> are you so you're finished? just saying that like as overall yeah are you finished mm -hmm. <laughs> okay okay go ahead mm -hmm. that was i'm fine now that was my biggest point it's just that we need to work on society actually having positive views of romance not just tragedy or lust but him choosing to let her go is a part of their story I and choosing to do that. that is a good message because it's self-sacrifice. He's literally giving up someone that he loves because he fell in love with her not knowing she was married. So that love is still real for him. And she is, he's willing to sacrifice that love he has for her and knows that he, she, she belongs with her actual husband who she is still clearly in love with. So that's why I look at it and say you can't just cut off the romantic story at one specific part and then say this is bad that would be like me saying well then princess bride's a terrible story because at one point wesley is pretending to be someone that he's not 
and lying to her. But that again, you're taking one part of the story and saying, well, this part's not a good relationship or a good example. Whereas this one, you have to take the entire story all the way to the very end, which is that sacrifice that he gives. I'm saying as a society, we don't have very many that have happy endings. I agree with that. Princess, and actually show a couple that truly loves each other throughout it all, even if they have struggles. Princess Bride is closer to what I'm talking about where while she was, A, she wasn't given a choice. She was betrothed to him because he chose her and she didn't have a say. So that one, it's not like she's cheating on somebody or something like that. It's a little different there. And I was just the saying other the part, pretending to yeah, be someone else. And the other part going, yeah, they had issues along the way, but they loved each other from the start and they learned to love each other deeper. At least as an overall positive, which is what I was getting at. I was just saying as a society, which is there's what? too much negative view of what romance is. I think the negative of I agree. Casablanca would be if they ended up being together like if, if he ended up saying screw yeah. your husband I'm in love with you choose instead it was a self-sacrifice which I think is actually a better message because love should be about self-sacrifice that is the best message one can give which, which is why I, I consider it a personal growth maturing that's romantic story. yeah and I'm not saying you're, you're just that, that can't play off the romance I'm saying that it's another example of how almost every classic romantic story is either tragic in the ending because you don't have the happily ever after, or it's it is happily ever after though. I don't think so. He gave she up gets to be with her husband and she's happy. Love. We know that she's happy because she says thank you. Right? She's so in love with him because oh, you really do love me because you recognize how much I love my husband. Thank you. And then he walks off into the sunset with a new best friend. I, I'm commenting that it's simply a matter of. We have such a focus on stories where either the couple loves each other so much, but it doesn't happen, or the couple lusts for each other, and the reason it happens is all selfish and personal greed. And I agree that that happens in movies and that we need a lot more good yep. positive stories. I'm just saying I don't think Casablanca is a good example of what you're trying to get at. It's the easiest way to give a base example, and that was all I was giving. I wasn't saying the movie is bad or that's all it is. I was using one part of it as an example of what I was talking about, because it's one that most people will know and recognize. But it doesn't get the point across that you're trying to get. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's not it a good would, example. If you quit obsessing over the fact that it's that movie and keep trying to add other stuff, it just I'm going after the specific points example. you're bringing up. I'm not even saying it's a great movie. It's the best movie of all time. I'm explaining the specific parts about why it doesn't it doesn't work as the example. I think you're trying to yeah, I, I think that you think it is. It, it, it does on the fact that I'm saying that it just doesn't work as a happily ever after romance and while it has positive it still has those standard cliches that are to me over the top with romance even back in books i i criticize shakespearean books on this you know my love of that stuff mm -hmm. you know i grew up on shakespearean stuff i've criticized shakespearean stories over the top with luster tragedy and not ever having a Kn slash Kareen had sent a super both, chat. Kn slash Kareen sent a super chat. Says, uh, "Ma'am, romance don't always end happily." I never said it did. I said we have a very disproportionate view. We just of don't have enough good examples yeah. of it. Which was my point. It's one of the reasons I got really frustrated with the uh, Star Wars Disney trilogy was that they broke Han and Leia yeah. up because Hollywood can't fathom that someone can stay together very long. 
And they also have like this thing where I don't know if you've ever noticed, but, like, well, they'll have like reunion shows or they'll have reboots like really later. They'll always break up the main couple from the original show. Mm-hmm. And I knew, so that's why when I knew they were going to do the, the Disney movies, I'm like, they're going to break Han and Leia up before, even before the movie came out. Like, I know they're going to because they always do that whenever they have like a reunion show or whatever, because then they have to like redo the romance. And I, I hated that they did that. Whereas in the books, like they were together the whole time. And they had their rough patches, and I think they, they like maybe separated for a little bit, but they, they got back together and you know, their kids, two of their their two boys died in the original mm. books. And they, they made it through and they had a strong marriage. It's just really frustrating that the, the stupid Disney no, I, I, movies. And I agree on that actually. The way they did. they mm-hmm. did destroy the romance. And there was if you read through the books, especially with you go through courtships of Princess Leia and the others, there was a great romance story through them. Yes, they both had issues of their own personal behaviors other stuff but they stayed together in love through everything as opposed to breaking them up and having to basically hate each other like disney did and yeah. that is it and like i said if i use things it's the autistic way we break things up we completely separate certain fragments it's just how we dissect things i can say yeah, one I- part as an example of something and i'm not saying that story is a full example of it and that's that way. Yeah, it was just a, mostly a matter of like how you were breaking up, and we don't see it as broken up that way. Like to us, it's all tied together. I can do and both. So that, that's just where the disconnect is. That's where the disconnect is. Yeah. yeah. I can do both. That's just where the disconnect was. What part like, my brain no. is doing, especially as somebody who's written all these different stories and done stuff with creating everything from epic poems to novels and stuff. I understand breaking the sections completely apart and then putting them back together in a way that is not the way most people do it. It's the way that most writers do, which is, I think the disconnect we had in the conversation, I was looking at it from a writer's standpoint of break each little section as its own standalone part. Yeah. I'm just gonna hold my tongue. <laughs> We're just gonna go around the circles again. Well, yeah, yeah. Because well, uh, before we get to the the final shout outs, anything y'all want to promote? Uh, we did have some super chats along the way. So Jake, you the movie geek. I never actually had a segment on me hey. after the intro, right? Hey. No, you did. I, 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 we went to your YouTube channel and I even asked you, is there okay. anything else that you want to talk about? So. I don't remember. But yeah, thank you. Had, you were the first person I went to. That was, that was, I thought that was blended into the <laughs> intro for some reason. Maybe I'm just tired. No, but. no it was. We, we started with yeah. you. We were going to go around in a circle on the, on the, that, on the screen. That could just yep. be me because I haven't sort of slept in weeks or so. Hey. Oh, no. I get it. I understand. Uh, but Jake, because I get geek. distracted arguing. Jake the Movie Geek for the $5 Sister Super Chat says, I've been getting into arguments with people on Facebook. It's a terrible thing to do. Uh, didn't Indiana Jones mm. 5, Elemental, Little Mermaid all flop? Yes, they did. They all oh, flopped. Oh, thank God. And, uh, and some more than others. I'm so glad Disney's losing money yes. on that. They're going to get up to like a billion dollars in losses this year. And if, if anyone asks for more details, you can tell them Indiana Jones is the biggest flop of the three. Elemental is the next biggest. And then Little Mermaid... Um, again, still lost a lot of money, especially since the budget likely is a lot higher than what they even projected it to be. Um, but that one, you could argue, did the best. But again, that's very... Uh, <laughs> also, my favorite uh, meme, even before those movies came out, was the one they did of Indiana Jones in the afternoon nap, was just him passed out in a chair <laughs> drooling. Uh, Keely Chow has been a member for three months of Asgard level. Uh, this was back when we were talking about... Uh, Mr. Roy was talking about his travels. He says, I'm currently living in Houston, Bel Air to be exact. Nice, Keely. I think she's back in the chat, too. 
Uh, and then Kay and Slash Kareen had said, based on the trailer, it looks like they will make his wife the smart woman who made him. Shaking my head, Napoleon. I sh- yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like no. they, you know, potentially could, but you never know. Like, as I said, with Ridley Scott, you just never know <laughs> what they're actually uh, what they're actually going to be doing. So, but thank you all very much for those super chats. I appreciate it. Sorry if y'all had been waiting, saying he hasn't read them yet. Um, and uh, if you especially been waiting, because I know some of those were sent towards the beginning of the stream. So anyway, let's go ahead and go around the horn and let y'all shout out anything y'all want to shout out. So Rosetta, start again with you. All right. So other than the fact that I have been absolutely out of it, as you can kind of tell in some regards, because trying to remember things has not been great lately. Um, memory issues. Um, yeah. Um, the memory's been a little weird since the lightning strike. And then know that says it can do that for a few months after. But like my normal fog is like much deeper lately. <laughs> so it's like a lot harder to remember things I said like an hour ago anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But hopefully I'll go away soon. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the biggest thing I want people to remember, and I guess it's where I got into my whole tangent, is there can be true romance that really is absolutely love from the beginning. It comes out in a positive way. And try to find the positive things in life and the beauty that in creation. Don't hang on to the negative or look at the way that the only happy endings you get from Hollywood are either they take something that was tragic and make it a happy ending and take out the moral or they take something that was a good ending and actually had a happy ending and they make it a tragedy and make out every race, sex, whatever genders, stereotypes they want to push. So ignore what they say. Look for the positive in life. And remember, romance isn't through the roof glory beauty. It's being willing to be everything and anything for somebody you love. Amen. You can check Rosetta out at her YouTube channel. I posted the link in the chat. So Rosetta, thank you for, for joining us today. And also we have Zane Waters, longtime subscriber, finally member of The Chosen. Anything you want to yes. promote or last things to say? Uh, nothing really. I, I do have a YouTube channel, but I haven't really posted anything on it. Um, I have like one video. I, I, I just have never gotten around to learning how to do videos it seemed more involved than i was anticipating so uh we'll see if i ever get around to actually doing anything with that well i will i will post a link to it just in case anyone wants to check it out i i'd have to go back and get all the links for it oh no uh, i i found it i found it on youtube oh did you yeah so i'm gonna post it in the chat right now so if you want to support zane go ahead and Check out his channel right there. And uh, nice. Very, very cool. Any, any other people you want to shout out or just any other things you want to say? Uh, no, just thanks for having me. It's been good to cool. be here. Thank you for Thanks for, for being here. You actually helped him understand me a bit more. Than what I was <laughs> yeah. at. I, I, I'm really that's, that's my greatest teacher quality is being able to understand where there's misunderstanding and, and reframing things in a way that people... Uh, can get it that that's my that's my big teacher skill and of course uh river anything you want to say no snore snore Sleepy. <laughs> yeah Z's. yeah she she is passed out and then of course little willow is just all legs she's just all legs <laughs> she, she's been passed out for 
for quite some time now. But anyway, thank you all for being here again. Seriously, Rosetta and Zane, thank you all for, for joining today. And shout out to, to Tina, to Mr. Roy. Uh, shout out to Father Father Luca and to Laura as well. I saw them in the chat. K-Man, uh, who was not able to, to jump on today. And to uh, Miss Martin Muses. And again, anyone else who is a part of the Chosen of Ahala member. Um, you know, it's always it's always fun to have these discussions, you know. And to and to to have our fun debates and to have our see our what happens when he gets me arguing. Fights. I didn't take a shot at his eighties knowledge this week. <laughs> I know I was very surprised. I was very surprised. I, 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 oh my god! I didn't get to make fun of you. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but I think what we can all agree with is that self-sacrifice is the best yeah. message that that we could ever hope to learn from one another. Giving up one's own happiness for the happiness of someone else. Uh, putting the good of someone else before, right? no man than this yes exactly exactly uh but anyway you guys have been phenomenal this has been a lot of fun so as far as uh, anything coming up today or coming up in the future uh i will be having a box office breakdown coming out tomorrow morning and then of course we'll have our uh, friday night tights will be on tomorrow and then saturday we'll have our evening stream as we typically do salty saturday podcast i'll be on earlier on saturday 1 p.m eastern and just stay tuned to social media for all of those things. And uh, yeah, so a lot of fun. Thank you all again to thank you to my chosen once again and to everyone who was in the chat supporting and smashing that like button wherever it is that you're watching, that you're lighting up the fire, smashing the rumble, whatever it might be. You guys have been phenomenal. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, God bless.